and we are live. Hello, everybody. It is Ebontis here for the last word, episode number 262. We are post final shape showcase into season of the witch, which is uh, quite interesting. And in the middle of just being busy all the time, uh, I think both of us here are busy. Cog is not here tonight, obviously, since I'm doing the intro. Usually he does it. He's a busy man, though. Busy. <clears throat> yeah, he's even more busy, taking care of a lot of things. Just couldn't quite make it tonight. So we got the two of us, but we have a lot to talk about. Uh, but before we do, Travis, got to check in, see what have you been up to? Are you playing anything you can talk about? Just busy with things you can't talk about. How's the world? I am largely busy with things I can't talk about, but I I can tell you that I've played over 100 hours of Starfield and that I'm playing that game. Yep. I just can't tell you anything else. I can say I'm deep into Starfield, making a lot of content for it. I'm on the guides team on this one, so I'm not reviewing it, but I'm making lots of guides. That will be um, a lot of work, I'm sure. Yes, yes, it will. I also finished reviewing Trine 5, which is going live. I've never played one of those. On the 29th. You've never played a Trine game? Mm-mm. Did you like Ori in the Blind Forest? Loved it. Okay. It's kind of like that, except for less good. The, okay. I mean, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about Trine 5. I'm talking about the Trine series. Trine in general. They're, they're not, they're not as like beautiful and the sound and everything, but the same general idea and the puzzles are better okay. than Ori. Ori is more of a Metroidvania. This is yeah. more of like a puzzle platformer. If okay. you like puzzle platforms, which Ori has a lot of that, but, um, uh, this one's like very much like you just have to like think and is come up review with very clever yet? solutions. No, my okay. the embargo is the 29th, I think. Okay. I was going to be like, August. can't tell us how it is, but I was going to say, depending on how it lands, we don't know yet, mm-hmm. but you had Blasphemous mm-hmm. recently and then another 2D one. You got got some indie work mm-hmm. going on right now. Nice to see the... Yeah. The... yeah. I've been, Unless uh, you would have reviewed Starfield, you would have had like all sorts. Yeah, of Yeah, I year. almost, I almost, I almost reviewed Starfield, but instead I'm getting to review a bunch of small games: Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Blasphemous Two, Trine Five, and then my next reviews are pretty big. I'm doing uh, Liza P and uh, Lords of the Fallen. I want to play both of those. Yeah, I'll be right yeah. there with you. I was like, I know Lords of the Fallen put up their like creator things. I threw my name in that hat because. Lords of the Fallen, from what I can tell, I know the old one didn't quite nail the souls. They were one of the first ones to try and do souls after yep. like Dark Souls and stuff and Demon had done it and it didn't quite land that time. This one, while the naming scheme is, you know, a little confusing for SEO, but it looks... I hate it. I hate that you can just wait a decade and then rename, rename your game. Rename your game, yeah. We're just going to call it the you same did thing. A, if, if you do a full trilogy and then you want to soft reboot and change the name back to the original fine but you only had one game yeah and it was the same name they're like, like just, just just forget about that one we just want to overwrite yeah, we crazy. just want to like copy paste do you want to overwrite yes that's what we want to do with much it looks good though i actually am really excited between the two different worlds uh kind of the mechanic of like your death into the underworld what i forget the name of it umbral maybe yeah. and then which reminds me of uh last wish actually and then and you've and it looks like solid combat. So I mean, I'll be curious how it feels if it kind of has that. Dark Souls Three was a good sweet spot. Like I mean, Bloodborne and Dark Souls Three because I played one. I haven't played two just because I have heard it is probably the worst um, for Dark Souls. But Three and Bloodborne both had like just kind of a bit more snappiness and feel to it, but still had the kind of the weight of Souls. And it looks yeah. like it's the still the weight of Souls with some snappy, snappiness, but it doesn't go all the way back to like. Did you play Mortal Shell? Short yeah. game, 
Yeah, it wasn't that long, but that was like re- I reviewed it actually. Yeah, it was like it was really slow, but it was just like I mean, you know, small team probably made it, had some decent stuff in there, but it feels like it's kind of the in between. It's not like Sekiro, it's not Mortal Shell. Hopefully, that happy Dark Souls three Bloodborne medium kind of thing. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, and the yeah, lies the, of the uh, we both played the yeah. demo. You did right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one will be Was interesting. Good. How about you, man? What have you been doing? Also, I've been playing Destiny. I should yeah. say that. I did. I got on this week. I played the new content. Got some tarot cards. Nice. D is now interested in Destiny because they've done two things in a row that she likes. Added fish and fishing. And now added tarot cards. You so, literally sent me a message wondering, can you still get the fish emote, which cracked me up? You can, no, or uh, emblem, emblem. Emblem. Yeah. And it turns out you can because it's the ponds are all still there. So you should be able to catch the four exotic fish, right? So. Yeah. I told her she needs to log on and do that if she wants that fish emblem, which she does. Yeah. She wants it bad. Hopefully she's got a Netflix show or something she needs to binge through while she's yeah. sitting there just casting because there ain't much going much else going on. Uh yeah, for How me. You, man? What have you been doing? Uh well, I'm about thirty-five hours into Starfield. So I have got my copy and that is all I can say about that. So look for any information on Starfield. The internet's going to be like you know, here's the normal internet, and then the Starfield stuff is going to pile on on the 31st at 12 p.m. Eastern, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, I have been playing that a lot, trying to get it in as much as I can, but also trying to cover everything Destiny still, because I got to do that for the channel. So, been playing that um, as much as I can in pieces, tried to get ready for the showcase, streamed the showcase, played that day. So, I've played a decent amount this week as well. Got, like, three or four videos up so far. Um I got about halfway through Dave the Diver, probably since last time nice. you were here. Uh, I got to trying to remember. I was getting ready to go to the glacier depth. Oh, nice. So that's yeah, where I was kind of at. Yeah, so it was like kind of things were starting to flesh out. I got a feel for a large amount of things. I was, you know, kind of getting some upgrades. Um, you know, I kind of hit max level on like the little drone diver guy, which was helpful in the sushi shop. So just trying to do, it's like, it's a great loop though. I mean, that one's like, if you want 20 hours on a steam deck, just pick it up, go for a dive and like set it down. Still great. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a nice little gym, but yeah, I was like, I don't know if I'll have a chance to get back to it, but I feel like I got to get a decent amount of time inside. I feel pretty good as far as I got. Um, nice. yeah. Other than that though, it's been, yeah, mile a minute. Cause I got my code on Friday and I've been trying to play as much as I can. But as I told you before the show, I also had an aunt that lives locally that I've kind of grown up around and probably one of my closer family relatives. She passed away over the weekend. So I've been catching up with my mom and dad and kind of, you know, what I can do to help with all that kind of stuff. So it's uh, it's been kind of a roller coaster of like, I need to spend time here trying to help. them. like part of my Sunday afternoon was going over and helping how I could. So it's been kind of a mixed bag of like, emotions all over the place um but uh yeah don't want to bring the show down but kind of i sent the tweet out and i think a lot of some people probably saw it as like if you haven't talked to somebody in a while life is short sometimes take a second reach out if you do care to talk to them say hello the easy thing yeah um you never know <laughs> speaking of which i did want to bring up our friend warren also known as buff again yep. who uh started chemo recently yes that's and, right uh I wanted to give him a shout out. I've been talking to him, making sure he's all right as much as I can. And uh, he does have a GoFundMe that I would like to shout out if I can. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Because, you know, chemo is expensive. 
and he's a, a friend of the Destiny community. And so, you know, I, I, I'm going to chip in here and I would hope other people would too. I don't, I don't know how to share it, but I'm, you know, uh, if you send it, we to, add it to the video description. Yeah, we'll what? add it to the description. I'll have it in the video. And then also if you're on like Spotify or iTunes, I will have it in like the body text. So if you want to find that one, uh, you should be in there. So, and then if you are live, um, Travis, if you want to drop it just in our DM, then I'll drop it right into. I, I have it in the DM. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, he's awesome. And, uh, Hopefully we can um, help him out because yeah. he's a good dude. Yep. Yeah. Got a chance to spend a little time with him at GCX and just nice guy. Um, yeah. Again, if you're in a position where you can help, it's a, it's a good, 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 nice guy to definitely help out. Uh, yeah. So a little bit of the somber news out of the way. We will get to uh, kind of some of the excitement that started all on Tuesday morning early and um it was a bit hectic for there was like YouTube was like, hey, it's going to start in 30 minutes. So I was like waiting for my stream and then that timer went off and then it waited 30 minutes to start. But then YouTube didn't start. So I switched over to Twitch, Twitch was running on kind of the time it was supposed to. But then YouTube like had subtitles of the wrong language on at some point for what I was watching. There was an audio for a bit. My chat was telling me. So I ended up just watching the whole thing on Twitch. I like to usually do it on YouTube. It's probably a little better quality most of the time. But um. Sorry, I was just reading chat. <laughs> and then um <laughs> and then kind of the pre-show started. And I actually didn't expect the pre-show, but I do feel like they they skipped over some interesting choice stuff. I don't know if you watched the pre-show or if you got to that part. Yep. Yeah, as they yep. were going, they basically started they did a pretty good cinematic history of the franchise from D1 with the stranger, kind of, you know, doing hanging out on Venus and some of that stuff spent some time on like just kind of showed a lot of the cinematics that were between different expansions and seasons and all of those different things. But they also just like blew past some. So you'd have like the red war cinematic and then they just like, and they're scrolling across a timeline basically. And they'll go like, uh, Oh, it's like curse of Osiris war much new and just told nothing just like moved right past those. And then you got forsaken. Um, I wish something like that, would be kind of digestible in the game because it did a pretty good job. Not perfect. I would probably give a few more, you know, pieces of context, but overall, if a new player actually got to see that, or it's like, Hey, do you want to watch some of the history of destiny? And you haven't been here for all of it, especially like the D one stuff. I wish that is something you could optionally download. Hey, do you want to see the history of destiny? And like, it's like an add on, but it's a free add on, but you can just download cinematics. If you want to take up the hard drive space or something, because I actually thought they did a pretty good job. Kind of telling the story. What do you think? I think that they were probably skipping the stuff that's not relevant to the final shape. Because, I mean, that stream was an advertisement for the final shape. And I think that's what they were. They were singularly focused on that of like, you know, yeah. hey, here's here's what's coming next for Destiny. Here's the stuff you should care about. And I think to the extent that they did reach out to a new audience, which I don't think they succeeded at terribly well. Um, they kind of were preaching to the choir a little bit, yeah. um, but to the extent that they did try to do that, I think, uh, they, uh, they probably cut parts of the story. Like somebody pointed out, they cut out most of the Warmind arc. And I think, yeah, I think the Warmind arc is over 
And so I don't think yeah. that they're going to include stuff like that. Yeah, they didn't touch Rise of Rise of Iron was the surprise. They were just like, Shoom. yeah, I was like, oh, but they're yeah, because all that stuff probably is not going to come up in uh, this next expansion. But this, obviously they're going to cover Kate's death, right? They showed that yeah. entire part in its in, in its entirety because Kate is for sure going to be a big part of the last shape. So final shape, final last shape. shape, last last blood. Uh, we, if you download the press kit it's got these like all the different languages for the final shape and stuff like that mm -hmm. there's some interesting kind of translations it's like i can't even remember them now but it was just the the more almost a little more literal on the translation when you get into stuff like that when it's a different language i love that it's kind of like what i is love it? i have a game where i will uh tell i'll tell a group of people at a party a uh name of a movie that was by its uh translated version i'll give it like a translated oh. movie title and then everybody has to try to guess what movie it is uh oh. based on its poorly translated yeah it's like oh the final form that's pretty much what i see because it's la, la forme final la forma final uh those are the ones at least you can kind of translate if you're talking about like you know, you've got Italian or Spanish or things of that nature, but then there's obviously some I can't read, but it was like the final form is kind of how it translates. I was like, I wonder how that feels like the final shape, the final form. Honestly, when like, cause we'll get to the showcase and kind of what the effort of all of this stuff is basically, but it feels almost like the final form kind of sounds a little better than the final shape. The final shape is, I don't know. Everybody always focuses on like the circle and the triangle and like almost like too literal in the shapes. When you say the final form is like, that's almost like, you know, the end of Highlander. There can only be only one. It's like, that's kind of what they're going for is to be yeah, like the I, I epitome of like what they want to be. I don't know if that's what they mean though. I get that final form makes more sense to people, but I think they're, they chose their words wisely on in English, which is they want it. You know, there's, yeah. Yeah, it, like the the witness wants to create the final shape, and I think that that has a different meaning than the final form. Yeah, but it is it is pretty funny. Probably how well it translates. There. Um, yeah. So got a lot of pieces on the showcase. I'm just gonna kind of go through the recap in that order, and we'll okay. kind of see what we get. Uh, so first thing when we get to, and this is just going through the recap. So if you want to look on the website, you can, uh, first thing is the destination. We are going into the pale heart of the traveler now for many references. Like I'm blanking on exactly the reference, but the pale heart is referencing and you probably know it better than I do. What is that referencing? Uh, the pale heart is the, uh, sorry, you caught me on the, on the spot here. Um, is the uh, center? Yeah, it's the it's the uh, the the center of the traveler, right? Yeah, yeah. It's his it's his innards. I feel like the pale heart is like almost something in a saying or a reference to something else, and that's more. I was like, I didn't. Oh, know. are you are you talking about at the end of Witch Queen where it says your pale heart, blah blah blah, that that thing? No, just like even outside of Destiny, like a. A pale heart thing outside. Oh, I get what you're asking. I thought you were asking me yeah. a lore question. Not, yeah, I was like, and I just, I'm trying to think. I feel like it's kind of one of those things that's probably been somewhere. Somebody is in the final form a DBZ thing. Are you thing. thinking of pale horse, like the fourth horseman? I could be crazy. So, um, yeah, don't worry too much about that. But yes, it means dying or that. <laughs> I thought pale heart meant you uh, were like cowardly. 
That's one thing I saw in the definition. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's like, I could be thinking it's referencing something. If you know what it is, put it in the comments. Make sure I'm not a crazy person, but I likely am. Um, but the way they describe the destination is, one, it is kind of... It almost builds itself as to, like, based off your memories and your experiences. And we see, like, a kind of remade tower that's, like, all green and lush. You've got... Mm -hmm squares of and that's where I, I don't know if they're just joking with the shape but you feel like cubes and stuff like around the environment that are kind of references to different places that we've been over the course of the franchise so it's like our perspective as we enter the pale heart of the traveler has a lot of what we've been through and then this will be different for destiny i am very curious how this one pans out it is a linear destination so if you want to think of like a big straight line with you know a couple of small offshoots of you know like little things where we enter at the portal is kind of where you saw Cade sitting, the lush garden, and you've got the tower and probably that look. And then you have this kind of gradient transition from green lush where we are in the portal to the spire of the witness. And then in the middle, it looks like you're almost traveling across like the lands of Moria and like the swamps. And then you got to go into like Sauron's eye. It's like kind of a Lord of the Rings reference of like marching from the Shire to Mordor. It almost kind of has that yeah. feel to it. And for one, I wanted to kind of get I, your take on the look. And then two, also the look, the thought of a linear destination in destiny. I want to know what you think about that. I think that is cool. I think that it's better than having a new destination. Cause I'll be honest, the destinations in destiny are like the worst part of the game. Like anytime you're on patrol, like it's what a waste of time. You know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. you driving in circles. The fact people are constantly complaining, by the way, about the uh how every every uh destination is a circle with three parts yeah. right and i think that is a valid criticism because one that's hella boring and two it it uh it makes it so that you already know everything about the destination before you complete the campaign which seems a little bit odd right like you already know where like the raid is going to take place you know you're on venus and you know where yeah. the vault of glass is you just don't go into it yet um, that's super weird. I think uh, of all the things that I saw at the show and some of them I was very disappointed in, but you know, it wasn't a complete failure. I think, I think it was a solid showing, um, but of all the things that I saw that were major changes, I think the fact that they have a destination that isn't the exact same thing we've seen before is one of the more exciting things. So I'm really excited to see what it is. I, I love that they're making you finish the story first um part of the reason that i i think that's great is because a it makes more sense in canon but also um i hate having to get interrupted when i'm doing the campaign and been told to go to the destination and grind yeah. stuff and i feel like that's not going to be around anymore because it's going to be like nope you got to keep keep yeah, going keep trucking the track yeah. you know you're heading straight there you've got to beat it and so i really like that conceptually I don't want to get interrupted and be told that I have to do two strikes in a crucible match before I can do the next mission. And uh, I feel that, like maybe, maybe we'll trim a little bit of the fat. An extremely good point. I guess question would yeah. be, do you think this will be a point where if we do, we typically get like at least a strike. Do you think like they will have missions be strikes? Like if one kind of has the mold of like a point A to a point B kind of decent traversal, like one thing that can make just like one strike, a mission still may be a strike, but it still is it doesn't feel quite the same way as like 
go do a strike on another planet and get something and come back for sure. I kind of took it as like the missions will be along the way. So I think you'll, you know, go around and then it'll be like, all right, well, in order for us to advance, we need to go into this cave and then it'll load a separate instance and there'll be a mission and then you'll continue on your journey. I think it'll be stuff like that where the destination is like a destination in the way you think of it. Like it's not really the mission space. It's just sort of connected to the mission spaces. I think it'll kind of be like that where you're traveling along this path and you're making your way. And then in between there's distractions. And yeah, I think some of those missions will probably be a strike or two, right? It'll be like this one's also works for a strike and some of them don't. Um, But I'm interested. I I think, uh, yeah, of all the stuff that they revealed, I tend to be the the type of person who's more excited when you show me something I haven't seen before. And so anytime they said anything where they were like, Hey, we're doing this weird new thing. Like that makes me excited a lot more than if they told me, Hey, we've got a destination. It's similar to what we've done before, except for instead of three separate areas, it's five. You know what I mean? Like that wouldn't really stoke me. It would just be sort of like, all right, you, you basically just remixed the existing formula. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, A bigger circle with more places to stop along the way, more, more loading screens. (laughs) <laughs> um, on your sparrow so yeah i i'm i'm uh i'm interested yeah uh i'm with you that was kind of one of the as you said one of the main most intriguing things because it is something different we've had you know we had beyond light with europa here's your circle of three and then you have a couple offshoots where you do missions and then you have the witch queen you have a big circle lightfall you have a circle it's like a lot of them are like especially recently when they said hey we're going to give you a new destination every time but they have been here are your three connected zones, one, possibly two landing zones for whatever reason. One of them is always neglected. Don't know why, at least in lightfall, sometimes they move. So at least you get an option to land. But yeah, the point A to point B journey does feel like hopefully there's some like building up to it. And obviously when you get to the climax. It could be epic. Yeah. Imagine if, imagine if it feels like that mission from uh, Destiny 2 Vanilla, the Red War campaign, where you're traveling uh, away from the tower to get to the farm you know what yeah. I mean? like imagine if it felt like that the whole expansion where it was like this epic journey with great music and you're doing little combat encounters and then doing missions along the way and then you finally get there at the end i mean that could be huge um they also mentioned that the ending is not going to be the ending it's right i saw be, that in chat as we, have later. The, we have to wait for the raid which i think is great but it's also going to be weird because there's going to be a whole bunch of people who do not see the end of the game (laughs) yeah the way they phrased that was i mean they want the they want the end game activity to truly be the end game of the story which i do appreciate because i mean you have your journey to go through whether it's 8 12 however many missions we do no one knows but you know i'm shooting for more than eight crossing my fingers but we'll see just because it is like it is the final shape um But on the other side, they said they want to make an experience that the people who don't raid still get fulfillment out of what happens. But then those who do are the ones who actually going to face the the witness. I was like, so are we going to get a registered and Oryx like final form situation? Or is it going to be like an intermediary boss? And then when you beat the raid, is it going to be a forsaken moment where now we're stuck in a loop and then that's when a dungeon appears and like. And those kind of moments happen where like when we beat the last wish for the first time, like when world's first raid race happened, when that happened, then the dreaming city changed and got stuck in its loop and all that stuff. So it was like, is it something like that that affects everyone or is it like a part one and a part two kind of thing? 
Yeah, so I think they referenced regicide specifically as being a, a way where people who just played the campaign thought that they beat the game. They thought that they killed the Taken King and they never really learned about the other one. I'm skeptical if that's actually going to work because the takeaway from people who, at least for me, when I beat the Taken King campaign, my first thought was, all right, well, he was clearly laughing at the end and he took himself, so he's not dead. Like, that's what I took away yeah. from that. So I kind I kind of don't believe them that it's going to feel like you beat it if you don't do the campaign. And I think that even if they do that thing where you beat the raid, the community beats the raid, and then everybody gets the cutscene of like, you know, the witness dying and the world being saved. There's going to be a lot of people who already beat the campaign by then and logged off and never see that cutscene. Or even worse, as we've learned with previous Destiny expansions, they might not even be done with the campaign yet. And then all of a sudden a cutscene pops up showing them the end of the campaign. Yeah. Because because the raid happened, right? If they're a slower player and they haven't beaten the campaign yet and then the raid comes out and somebody beats it, I mean, that could be brutal. So Yeah, we'll I, I actually didn't think about it that way for kind of the pacing. I hope between, like, they're trying to... It's a balance because they have... Um, I'm blanking on the Root of Nightmares as a raid that a lot of people said was very easy. And I know people are really not thrilled with how easy it was, but also if it's a raid that's accessible to more people and you have something like LFG coming in season 23, iron out the kinks, ready that thing up. Hopefully more people is like, Hey, you beat the campaign, have the raid launch, have the big pop-up. If you don't have a group, you should probably check this thing out in LFG. I wonder if that's kind of the way they're going to steer more people to the raid to try and experience the end of the story, because they Maybe. do sound like they they, I mean, you're going to face the witness at the end of the raid. He is going to be the final boss. Hopefully he's got some cool mechanics on all that stuff, it, but it sounds like, sorry, it. They call, they of, call it it. You got to stay on I'll their message. You got to work on it. Sorry. Um, yeah. And it is just one of the, but it is like, we, we know it's going to be the culmination of the raid. I'm just curious how that transition happens, but having LFG ready almost seems like we have to launch this because we are going to put a big piece of the story in the raid. And this is going to help more people access that. Um, yeah. You still may get a cinematic, I wonder, but I honestly. I yeah, know. they have to, because here's the thing. How are they going to make it feel like it's the end when the witness is still out there? Yeah. That's I just so don't. Because they said it's the end of the darkness and light saga. So theoretically, like, Something crazy is going to happen with the traveler or the nature of darkness or like it, the, the universe has to change in some significant way. And I don't know if that gets to happen if the witness is still alive. And so my guess is it's a cutscene that triggers after the raid has been beaten. And if that happens, it's going to be real weird for Some people mid campaign. Yeah, who's mid-campaign, or ha I, I'm just speculating based on stuff that's happened oh, in the yeah. past. I mean, it, it's possible that they'll wait until you beat the game, and then if the raid has already happened by then, they'll give it to you. But I see uh, two things happening. One, people beat the campaign, and then they never log back on after the raid has been beaten, and they never really see that true ending. Yep. Or two, they're still in the campaign, and they get the cutscene. I see, like, a lot of trepidation. I'm just, I'm worried about like how logistically it's going to work, even though I do think it's a good idea. I think it's yeah. good to end with the, uh, with the raid. Um, yeah, it's like, I can't even I, remember. I, I, re I really, I really enjoyed their comment about, Oh yeah, the witness was hard, but you know, who's really hard balls to arc, right? That was a very good, uh, reference. Like, uh, that, that would have been really bad. Um, but, but I don't care about the difficulty thing. Honestly, I feel like, uh, 
there's a lot of streamers out there who are upset about the difficulty, but they're not the they're not the majority yeah. of of players, and I think they're not. Des- Bungie is not making this game for streamers. They're making it for the people that play it every day and love it. And I I don't think those people on the whole are terribly upset about the lack of difficulty in the raid. That said, if they want the day one raid to still cater to streamers, then yeah, they probably need to change it to make it harder because, you know, the streamers are really good at the game. And I don't know if the, the current contest mode caters to that crowd as much as they would like it to. So, yeah, I say don't worry about the difficulty too much, Bungie, except for on the contest yeah. mode. Contest, contest you mode, know, you probably should yeah, it's it. yeah, whatever your contest is, like, a little higher, probably, just so the, you know, the contest yeah. mode, but then when you're done. Make you a little do... harder, or give them special objectives or something like yeah. that, add special enemies, and then people who don't want to engage in it simply will not play it, and then we'll, we'll all be fine. We'll move yeah. on. Yeah, it is kind of interesting though. You even phrase it's like, depending on how fast you play the campaign, you know, us crazy people, unless like Chrono Trigger Remake comes out on the same day, which it's not going to, um, you know, play the campaign over the course of one day. And then we're going to wait 10 days to do the raid and then actually finish the story. So if you're like a hardcore, you're still going to have this like big lag section of like how the new, if there's a new leveling system, I feel like they're working on some power leveling things coming for Final Shape Dimension of fire team level and stuff like that. We'll get to a little later, but it's like, whether you go slow, maybe you get a weird cinematic after you get done with mission six, and you're like, uh, what happened? And then if you're fast, you're like, can I just go fight him? It would be really funny if they're like, the raid starts as soon as you beat the last mission of the campaign. Like the raid opens up. Then you would just have, uh, can you imagine what would happen if that was actually, it's not a raid race. It's like you beat the campaign yeah. and then as soon as you beat the it's last a mission and raid race. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's a full, like it is the whole thing race. That would be, I know they wouldn't do it, but it would be kind of like the thing that would click off the first person beats that last mission. It's like the tweets, the news, everything going everywhere. It's like, oh, but nobody would then enjoy the campaign. Cause then they just like blow through it. So, you know, they got to give them a little bit, but it's interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> interesting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so we got Destination. We know it's going to be heading towards the Witness and the Raid. That's about all they're telling us. They didn't tell us too much more. We'll kind of see more probably as we get a little closer. But I think they're trying to keep the story pretty close to their chest, it seems. Good or bad. It does seem like yeah, they, they don't really talk about the story very no. much at all. Yeah, they just said you go inside. And my thinking is that that's probably because there isn't that much of one. My guess is the story is the witness has entered the traveler and is now trying to do bad thing. It doesn't really matter what that thing is and that we have to follow the witness and get to her tower and stop it. It's tower and stop it. Sorry. I meant it at that time. There you go. Um, We have to get to its tower and stop it. And I think, uh, you know, there might be, there's obviously going to be a little bit more complexity in that. They're going to have to explain Kate and that sort of stuff, but just based on everything I've seen so far, my guess is that the story isn't terribly complex. I think it's going to be pretty straightforward of like charge the castle and kill the big bad and save the galaxy. I think it's yeah. shaping up to be like an anti witch queen, right? Cause witch queen, you were sort of like, how is this going to play out? There's like yep. so much. And then you got two twists in the story. You know, you got the fact that 
she was revived. And then the fact that she was tricked, that the hive were tricked and you got kind of like this windy, like it really felt like a thriller, right? Like you were figuring things out. And I think they referenced uh, like, uh, what was it? What was the show that true detective oh, referenced yeah. like true detective as like, and it kind of felt like that with the, we this very much feels like the opposite of that. Like it's like very straightforward of like exactly what has to happen. And you can almost predict how it's going to end. Um, so I don't know. That doesn't, that part scares me a little bit. I, I have a feeling it's going to be a little bit of an Ooga Booga moment as Kog and I are fond of calling it. So. Well, it's like, I mean, how many, a, you know, it's like, oh, before we can proceed through this invisible force field, do we need to, need to go do this side strike so we can get the MacGuffin to take down the force field? Is it like one, like what, ba- what, what barriers are going to be in your way? Otherwise it's like just March. Like, so what's going to stop you from doing that? I think will be the question. They'll Somebody, come up with something. I mean, yeah. that's, that's the easiest. Yeah. Oh, we, this part's impassable. We have to go through a cave to get through, you know, to the other side. And yep. Gotta guess go what? The mines Shulab, of Moria. Shulab is in that cave. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's, that's, I think that's what it's probably going to be like, which honestly, that's not the worst thing in the world. It's just that at the end of this destiny story that has been so convoluted and we have so many questions unanswered, yeah. I have a feeling a lot of these questions are going to continue to be unanswered. And that kind of sucks. I, that's just, that's just my gut feeling is that there's too much. They can't, yeah, they can't tell all of them and they still have stories they want to tell afterwards. We'll get to, but not only is there too much, but they've also not answered the questions they said they were going to answer. We still don't really have questions about the veil and last season is over. Yeah. We're going to get like, I guess there's one veil containment this season, which if it's there already, haven't gone. And then there's another one supposedly next season, like one more, in each one, but it's like, it's not a lot. Somebody said we're going to be bonding with the Vanguard. So, I mean, yeah, it's like, I think Cade is probably going to be like your NPC vendor at like the main hub. I feel like he's only going to be available. I don't think you're going to find him back in the tower. I think Cade, whatever this version of Cade is, whatever it is, lives within the pale heart of the traveler is kind of a memory or whatever we are in there. I don't think he's going to be somebody like, Hey, the Vanguard's back hugging it out on the tower or something. I don't think that's going to happen. So I feel like Kate is going to be kind of your... Maybe at the end. Maybe after we beat it. Maybe, yeah. If you can actually like yeah. get him out or something like that after all the craziness. Yeah, I, just, I, I feel like when we saw Cade in the first trailer, everyone's thought immediately went to, they're going to have some crazy explanation. We're like, we're in the afterlife. Or there were just all these different, like... There were just all these different theories. Yeah. And I feel like the answer was way more straightforward than anybody was expecting. Like, well, you go in the pale heart and because they don't really have to explain anything to you because it's a weird alternate reality. Kate is there. Yeah. The end. Good luck. You're, yeah, on, you're like, on a mission yeah. now. You know? I mean, he seems confused so. why he is there, at least in the cinematic at one point. Uh, yeah. Part of that's going to be the story of how we're talking to him, what that place actually is kind of understanding what we're seeing, where these, you know, almost like mental projections get made into reality. How that works is probably going to be told as to they really like we're ta- spent a good amount of time in the showcase talking about the destination. So that may be part of it is just explaining what we like. This is our first time to ever be inside the traveler, do any real interaction with the traveler directly outside of our ghost. So hopefully there's some cool culmination of whatever you know, some communication with the actual traveler, some direct communication somehow over the course of this, whether you beat the witness or anything again, would be interesting if when we do beat the witness at some 
maybe the traveler has, you know, it makes some form so it can interact with you kind of the way the witness did. Like, I'm be like the star child at the end of Mass Effect 3, you know? That's the only one I haven't played. So, wait, what? I played one and two, but I never got to three. Oh my God. What the? Okay. I mean, yeah, a season of this game probably came out. So that's fine. Damn. Um, that's crazy. Yep. So, okay. Destination. Uh, next thing in the showcase they mention are we are getting new supers. So we are getting yep. arc supers or sorry, light supers. We're getting a Titan axe. We're getting a hunter kind of throwing dagger of teleportation and a kind of revival of radiance without the self revive. That's never coming yeah. back. There's no way. So what is your, uh, yeah. what are your thoughts on the supers? Any of them excited kind of. Yeah. They than... actually all seem kind of cool because they're not all just DPS machines. They all have an element of, um, of uh support role, yep. which I'm a fan of because I am a defender Titan originally. Uh, until it became not feasible to be one in Destiny 2 because yeah, there's... Well is a million times better and Titans have virtually no use in that regard. Yeah, it's literally just better um, in every way. It's better in every way. Yep, exactly. Um, so yeah, I, I, kind of, I kind of thought that was cool that they have some support functionality across the board. Um, so yeah, the Titan one looks cool, giving everybody axes and letting them go ham. Could we finally useful. get a DPS thing we can throw? Yeah, and it's DPS a thing we can one. throw, and it causes the team to sort of it bails out the whole team, right? Because when you have a relic and in any mode, it, oh, yeah. you feel way stronger. Like it's way better to just have a relic than not have one and smash yeah. through things. And so the team's struggling. There's ads everywhere. People are having difficulty. All right, I'm going to use my super. I'm going to throw an ax and then everybody just grab one and go crazy. And, and it kind of gives you a little bit of a second win. So I think that one's cool. Um, yeah. All of them actually seemed. Yeah. The hunter one, I think one is where... going to cause havoc in PVP. Cause if you can throw a dagger, like thread a needle through like all, like to a control point or something like teleport there and just do this big, like whipping motion, just clear a team or something. Uh, yeah. I think you, for one, the ground you can cover, but two, just be like, oh, behind you and then super dash and just the amount of ground you can cover will be very interesting depending on the range of that thing. That one will be, that's one where it's like, it feels like kind of our type of super where you have to put yourself in harm's way. So in PVE, I don't see it getting as much use, but that thing in PVP will cause havoc, I would imagine. Uh, I, I think in PVP, it has the potential to be the exact same because it kind of actually reminds me of... Uh, the thunder crash for the titans which is yep. you can dive in and kill things but you're going to get attacked along the way and when you get there yep. if you don't kill everybody right away you're going to get got you know so I, I think it has potential let's just wait and see what happens but i will also guarantee you that just like the thunder crash titan there will be hunters that teleport across the trials map and kill everyone in one hit i definitely oh, yeah. can see that happening absolutely yeah, so uh war the, our warlock um, co-host is not here, but the solar one with the radiance and the songs of flame and everything's all scorched and it's solar good. weapons. Like if you lean into solar as your team and you kick that thing on, they're like sounded like massive DPS that you could put out with just kind of constant scorch explosion. So it seems interesting another and a nice reason, another reason to never use the uh, Titan Bubble. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Titan Bubble. Weapons of Light is now completely useless. Good times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then they also mentioned the subjugators. So these are kind of like your Rolk tormentor kind of enemy style, but more like Rolk. 
uh, at least in yeah. kind of the model, but you have a strand and a stasis one. So now you've got enemies that really specialize in crowd control. <laughs> I was like, after playing Diablo 4 and experience anything where you just get shut down by a spider web and you can't move or being frozen or anything like that, having your mobility stripped away in a game where you want to be able to move around hurts. It really does. I actually don't even mind that because Destiny has always kind of thrived off of annoying ads. Like uh, a lot of the Taken enemies have annoying abilities, like the captains that throw the captain know, ball the is still really annoying. The balls yeah. at you, those suck. Um, but, it, you know, it, it's kind of made them interesting. Also, honestly, all the Taken are annoying. The snipers oh, that hit you back, the hobgoblins, oh, okay. the the ones that uh, turn multiply, into more yeah, the multiplying like, like all of them are irritating. Yeah. But it's kind of like that's what scares you about them because yes. you're just like, geez, man, the Taken are so brutal. Like every ad is so annoying. And so the, my problem with the uh, the subjugators is honestly this was my biggest disappointment of the show. Oh. Is I was expecting no them faction. to say exactly. I was expecting them to say. You know, with the witness that, you know, it it has its own army. It's conquered all these planets. It it is beyond all of us. And instead, it just they just said, uh, you're going to fight like all the factions along the way. It's going to be a highlights reel, right? Highlights reel of all the, the enemies we fought along the way, all the memories of the traveler and the witness, a conquering group with all of its pyramid ships, which we now know are apparently empty. Or filled with just Cabal that it recruited very recently, um, are it's just got two enemy types, tormentors and subjugators. I fully, if you would have asked me last week on the show, how you know will the will the witness have its own army and own faction? I would have been like one hundred percent, like it ninety five percent. I would have yeah. said it's gotta it's gotta have that because. It's the end. We haven't gotten one in so long. And we have one enemy type. Now we have two that are part of this theoretical faction. And the fact that now we're just going to end that entire faction with two mobs is just a bummer, dude. It's just a bummer. It's like it it feels totally. Uh, totally like a, a letdown that that it's. It's leading other enemies. So I, I, I mean, the Taken King got its own, his own faction. He got a full set of new ads, or at least uh, reworked ads. And we're not really getting anything close to that. We're getting one additional one. We got one last year, and it just sort of feels like, I don't know. It's, I'm, I'm disappointed by this man. I'm I mean, really that's fair. That. Um, if I just think through the history of the franchise, though. New enemy factions stopped after Activision left because I think the studios that were outside probably were part of the factor of like, if you guys will make the raid and you guys will make the strikes and PvP maps, we'll be over here working on new enemies we can put in places and stuff. And I yeah. think, <clears throat> again, I mean, whether it's like a studio not designed for making PvP maps, and again, we've, we talked about that, that last week, we kind of went all into, because um, I talked about my interview that I had on Thursday with that guy. Um, shout out to that one. If you haven't watched it, I learned a lot so definitely go check it out. It's on the channel. Um, it could be a similar thing to where when they had Activision's breadth of studios helping them, they're like, okay, you guys will make like, say an opulence with, the cannot remember the name of the activity. Uh, so they make a cool activity like that. And then they still can turn around and do something like rise of iron was in D one. They were still with Activision. We got the scorn because we got those 
We got the Taken because, again, all these places were times with Activision and post-Activision, depending on timing of when they left, whenever development started, another menagerie. Thank you. Um, yeah. All I, mean, I, the, I get the I get the 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 excuses for it. Well, it's like but no, I but that, I think like that timing yeah. makes sense. But also, I'm kind of with you. <clears throat> are you going to go out with a big bang? Or are you going to go out with, um, yeah. as you said, a highlight reel? Which it 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 is a bit of a highlight reel, but also um, the they were alluding to it. E that was the thing that got me because normally I would be on your side of like, look. I would love it if they'd add it. I'm going to I'm going to ding them for not adding a new faction because I think it's high time, but also I understand the realities of development and they have tough a tough time with it, but they they made the tormentor. They had this design for Rolk and they had a very specific style with all the spinning kind of like yep. you know pieces and stuff like that. Like there's just a very uh, a style that I think they landed on with here's what the uh the witnesses armies kind of look like and i i just felt like they had a lot of personality and i was like that tells me that they snapped off the tormentor as a preview of the remix and they threw it into lightfall so that we could see it a little bit early and that we were going to get a whole new faction and so i was maybe i'm wrong maybe they'll surprise us and there will be other other creatures in there but i really doubt it i i think that at this point it's just going to be two enemy types and then you're just going to be fighting a hive and fallen and all those other people so uh I, I can't help but be disappointed, man. I just I thought this was the one thing that they would they would nail. I was just very convinced because the tormentor it felt like they had touched upon something. They were like, All right, we got it. They have a style, they have a theme, like we're gonna build more of them and just didn't come together. So Yeah, I mean they've definitely designed decided on a style of the enemy of you know, some of the disciples of the witness. Like they all seem to have that yeah. kind of look and the tormentors and now the subjugators. And they have a fitting name, but it's like, as you said, so we've got Tormentors doing their thing is kind of a big brute melee. These guys seem to be almost, you know, kind of the scorned version of like all the different summoner type of guys where they're going to be a little more support farther back, but definitely a threat when you hear them. But yeah, if you had a couple more, you know, if you had instead of two, you got like five. <clears throat> so you could have a mix where you had those guys, but then you have like the couple snipers in the corner are whatever the witness race is next or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And then you have a couple of the small like thrall or drag, or you have a couple more probably would have fleshed it out a little more, but they seem to be more focused on like telling a story through a destination and using the assets they have, which that's kind of one of those I get things. It, I mean, it it's like, feel like a, like we're working with what we have type of like bandaid solution, which to me doesn't feel like a finale. Like this is the finale, man. I feel like you go big and it it's, it's, it's just shocking to me that they weren't able to put together the biggest, uh, to me, the most important part of the sandbox, which is what are you actually fighting in this thing? And it just, I just, man, two years, they had two years because Witch Queen had Rolk and I was like, oh, that's interesting. We're starting to see this new faction, then Tormentor. And I got even more excited. I was like, oh, they got Tormentor out there. I wonder if they had other stuff that they were building and it just didn't come together in time. I mean, you know, yeah, it's like somebody in Chief in chat is saying the Tormentor concept art was on Savathun's Throne World. I mean, there's, yeah, yeah it's like, I, I mean, mean very, all like Strand clearly, was, yeah, Strand was meant to be with uh, Witch Queen. We've seen yeah, that stuff I, before. Yeah, I think Witch Queen was when they, was when they first showed us the hints of what they're working on. Because we finally saw the pyramid ship in full with all the weird, like, art museum stuff. And we, we saw Rolk which was kind of them to me. I thought it was them signaling it. Hey, this is the beginning of us 
introducing this new faction and the fact that the pyramids have existed for years. Did anybody think the pyramid was full of hive or fallen at any point? Did anybody guess that or yeah. did we all kind of assume mm. that there was a big enemy in there? And so it just feels like like they set up this promise to me, the ships were like a promise of like something worse is coming. And it feels like we just didn't get that. Like yeah. the thing in the ship was just like Vex. Apparently the Vex were in the trailer. So that just bums me out a little bit that we didn't, I don't think anybody would have guessed the ships are empty. I don't think anybody would have guessed that. That's crazy to me. Yeah. A lot of people were let down by the subclass due to the possible like leak. But again, that's reading into a leak, and that's kind of your own fault because, I don't know, at some point it may happen as a future edition, but right now they seem to have kind of the systems they want to work with. And I think, again, this is where you wonder how much is being, because we'll talk about the episodes, we'll get to those a little bit later, how much of an endeavor those are going to be make. They are very hush-hush right now in year 11, um, which seems like it's a thing, but we don't know much of any damn thing about it at all. Um, believe me, I understand the disappointment subclass. That's a leak. That's up to you. But it's like, as for a finale, two more enemy types, like the witnesses, you know, been around, like looking through all these civilizations and planets and all of space and all these ships have been all over and you see like three new enemy types, of course, but all the other enemies we're going to face are just everything that we've seen. So it, I get that. Um, it's just kind of one of those things that I've just, you know, tempered expectations, but I do understand the disappointment. I do. Trust yeah. Me. Yeah. No, like, I get it. Like I, I, I'm with you. Like I understand the development realities, but I just, I kind of thought, all right, yes, their team is small. Yes. They've been cut off to Activision, but they've also been planning this ending for how long? Yep. Oh, like I know. They had like so much. And the, the fact that they got the tormentor and the subjugator out means that they did have bandwidth to work on new mobs. It just means that maybe they didn't have enough or whatever but you would think that if they needed help with the sony acquisition they'd be able to recruit some kind of support help from someone on their team or studios or you know what i mean like is there not a support studio at sony that could have helped them yeah and if sony just shut down a couple studios i i don't know if i don't yeah it's just it's weird to me man yeah part of that too is i'm wondering it depends on what story they're trying to tell too because if they were trying to tell here's like but we are also going to beat the witness. So we're going to have this new enemy race who is tied to this boss of which we're finally ending the saga that has been based yeah. around these four races that we had. So if they're trying to tell a story, then they would have to do part of the story is like, instead of trying to work on the introduction of strand, they're doing like, here's the introduction to this race. Here's where they came from. This is the history of this race. And it's taking away maybe from some of the moments of the story they wanted to tell in the missions. I'm just trying to think of a different reason why they wouldn't. And it's got to be I mean, something related to they what they really wanted to tell. With, with the Taken King, though, they just were like, look, he takes things and now they're new mob. And honestly, the Taken King, they didn't even have to make new, like, models. Models. Ish. They just changed them. And so if the witness, if you're telling me the witness is like a collector who collects things, I would have accepted that even if they just created new mechanics around the existing mobs, like they did with the Taken King, the fact that they didn't is just so, I, I, I mean, I, I, I can't help it, man. I'm just disappointed in this. I, I feel like they could have, it's just weird to think that the ships were either filled with nothing or they were filled with just tormentors and subjugators. Cause basically what we got is we got two models, right? We got creatures that look like Rolk, the boss, and now they're smaller versions called subjugators. And then we got creatures that look like tormentors. What's yeah. His face? What's his face from, uh, the the most recent raid 
Nezarek. Nezarek, yeah, they've got yeah, Nezarek tormentors. tormentors. Yep. So it's like they're just basically two different models that they used for two years of expansions. And yeah, yeah I, I mean, mean, and that's kind of one of those when you think, dude. Yeah, I mean, that's it's totally fair, and we'll have to see how they utilize the assets that they're going to use, how it feels fighting another Cabal, another Fallen, another Taken. Like, is that what we're going to see in there? Part of what is in the pale heart is from our projection, but like the Witness has been way many more different places than us. They have the history of their own race. So if they're bringing all of their thoughts into the pale heart and it's creating the other side of this destination based on what the witness is theme, you would think you would have some new stuff in there, but again, how much can they do for even also, if it's half of the missions, like six missions, the witnesses witness ships went in too. So they could have easily explained like, you know what I mean? Who's flying the ships? That's we, we, who's flying That's the ships? That's what I want to know. Who dude. is flying the is ships? It, is it, is it just tormentors and subjugators? Yeah. Are the ships empty? I'm just confused about what's actually. He just recruited because... a bunch of scions who are good pilots, and he put them into each one of the ships. Yeah, because like... when light when Lightfall came out, and the answer was the ships are full of cabal, I felt like okay, that's a cop out, but I get it because it's the Lightfall was like a band aid expansion, right? They were patching it up and waiting for the final shape, and so I figured, all right, well, this is sort of just a a band aid until they give us the real answer of what's on the ships and the final shape. And I just feel like I'm continually lowering or at least setting back the goalpost on my expectations. And it, I just keep getting let down, yeah. man. I just, I'm so bummed out about this. Well, for anybody who listens or watches the episode, uh, this would be a fun one. Tag me, tag Travis, tag cog with the hashtag. Who's flying the ships. Just <laughs> use the hashtag. Who's flying the ships because we got to know that's, that's the, that's a fair question. That is one of the better ways to ask. Like, who who's doing all the flying? I don't know. And, and some people in the comments are saying it's the witness flying them all. Okay, fine. Why why does why does it need that many ships then? Yeah. If it's it, not an army attacking, if it's just a whole bunch of empty ships that the witness is controlling, what is the point of all of them? The witness could have just flown through the void of space by itself and done the exact same thing it did. It didn't really need those ships. Yeah. The ships did nothing. That's just my point. I just don't even know what they're for. But yeah, they have a lot of story. Thi they're not going to tie up everything. I mean, when we get to episodes here in a second, they have like Vex on there and a couple other things. So there's more they're working on telling. But right now I am I'm with you. I am very. It would have been cool to see. And at this point, I'm like, all right, with with what you've got to, to work with, the tools that, that seems like you're going to be using. I'm very curious what story they tell, because at this point. A lot of unknowns. And as we just asked, who the hell's flying the ships? Doesn't seem to get an answer. Um. Move on to the next piece. We've got the kind of renewed arsenal. We've got some new weapons and different exotics. So you've got an exotic, they said, like a sniper rifle that's a golden gun. Um, mm -hmm. We've got the new pre-order fusion rifle that will take any grenade, kind of use that as a big launcher into a fusion rifle and then turn around and make that a powerful shot. That And also it, it uses the whatever type of damage you're on. So it's in the energy slot. But if you're running strand, now you have a strand fusion rifle in your energy slot, which... Can't really do that, so you can run a full strand loadout, a full stasis loadout. Um, it looks cool. I really do like the model of it. It's very unique looking. I haven't had a chance much to use it yet. I mean, I pre-ordered it. It's in my inventory, but I haven't used it yet. Uh, what else did the, the sub-families, they mentioned a pistol that's a mini rocket launcher. Um, so you had that little thing. It looked like kind of instead of a grenade launcher, it's oh. going to be a one-off, like maybe mini tracking rocket. So if you got, you know, pull out your 
pistol real quick, get a quick shot on somebody. Maybe it's like enough to take out an orange bar or something. Uh, you've got an auto rifle that seamlessly goes from damage to enemies to a healing weapon for your allies as you just like shift over and start shooting your ally, which I'm sure would mess with the PvP sandbox. Um, I'm trying to think. I feel like they mentioned one or two more, but I'm forgetting. Oh, Dragon's Breath was shown. Customizable Kvostov. They said Red Death is coming back as well, which they said, I feel at one point they said, well, we don't want to do Red Death because we already have the Crimson. So, you know, you have a three-shot burst in a hand cannon. Now you're just going to have a three-shot burst in a pulse rifle. Is it going to be that much different? So, like, you look at some of this, you have, like, you have some new exotics, but you also have, you know, old exotics still coming back into the game. Like, Kvostov, it's an exotic auto-rifle that's a kinetic slot. What is going to make it worth an exotic slot versus anything else that we've got right now? That's going to be tough in and of itself. So, I will be curious what arsenal we get, but it does look like they're messing with different weapon types a little bit more. Um... Generally, the weapon scene puts out pretty good stuff. We've got new perks, um, different weapons. Like Warden's Law, I'm not sure I'm going to love it, but it is a new, like, even weapon type is the little two-burst hand cannon. The weapons type is trying to put as much as they can into everything that we keep getting, even on a seasonal basis, and mods and uh, perks and things like that. So they seem to be having fun. Hopefully they've had time to develop some cool stuff. Is there anything that stood out from you, or just kind of wait till it gets in your hands? I'll wait till it gets in my hands. I mean, this is sort of, you know, the... The weapons, I was like, all right, cool, cool. I'm, I'm, I expected this to be in the game, though. I knew you were gonna have a, a new weapon or two, but that's not really, that's not, that's not. Yeah, it's a looter and, shooter, you know? so you know, better yeah, get some yeah. new loot, of course. Um, then we get to the big topic, and I kind of want to toss it to you first because I know I asked you, and you're like, I have a theory, but I'll tell you on the show. Oh yeah, yeah. So we get into episodes. Now episodes are their replacement for seasonal content. And I've seen a couple tweets. They're saying Destiny will go on after these three episodes, but they won't say anything that happens after the third episode. So we have three episodes. They are done in three acts. They are six weeks each. Um, and they say each act or each episode will have a new exotic weapon, a new exotic mission. We're going to have new quests, new story, new activities, new weapons, artifact mods, season pass ranks and rewards, and then a new armor set per each episode. But then each act has everything but an armor set. You're going to be getting new quests, new story. Um, you're even going to get artifact mods of like your five by five grid. We'll now have like another row of five on top and then another row of five on top. So by the time you get to the end of act three, you're going to have a lot more choices depending on what they put in there. Um, Outside of the fact that they said it seems like, and again, I'll have to see what your interpretation is, when you start an act, you'll be able to complete the story for that act as quickly as you like. Seems like that is going to be like the act is the drop. It's not a weekly. Seems like the act is the drop. So with that information, yours first. Okay. First, I have a bunch of stuff about this. First, I'm glad that we're doing this in this order because... I feel like I've been doing like positive, negative, positive, negative back and forth here. Um, and just like uh, the factions was my biggest disappointment of the show. The episodes thing was actually the thing that got me most optimistic about the entire show. And here's why. Dum, dum, One, dum. I think acts breaking your season into acts makes way more sense than doing weekly. Because the thing that is unsatisfying about a weekly campaign is you feel like you're, you know what I mean? Like, 
imagine if intermissions at a show you went to in it, like live happened instead of getting like one big 20 minute intermission, you got like two minute intermissions after each musical number. It just, it feels like a weird place yeah. to cut. No, it, that's actually a good have, analogy. <laughs> I, I like think that. you have to choose where to put your commercial breaks. Right. And I think that creating an act that feels like the beginning of one arc, you know, your fellowship of the ring and then being like, all right, that's it. And now you're going to wait a couple weeks. And then a couple weeks later, you get to do two towers and then you wait a couple weeks. And then the next week you do, uh, you, you do uh, the return of the king. I think that probably not that grand of scale. <laughs> of course not. I know. I'm just of course saying not. It for the but audience. my my point is, you know, the the like it, telling a complete act and then stopping is way more acceptable than uh, a like random. This is actually a problem I have with um, current TV shows on Netflix. Is they're designed to be binged, and so. Uh, they they end the episodes at terrible places because they want you to watch them all at one spot. Yeah. And so like you'll well, watch like that. two episodes of a show on Netflix and it just ends in the most absurd place where you're like, what? That's not even like a place to end an episode. And it's because they basically shoot them like 10 hour movies yeah. and they don't care at all where their breaks are. And so I, I think this is uh, the formula, I think, is much better the way that they're doing acts. Uh, and it does seem like that. I know we don't have confirmation. I, I, at least I don't know that we do. Uh, but I, I would love to see that. The second thing is I actually have the opposite reaction of apparently everybody else on the Internet really? about them not saying uh, what their next expansion is. And I have okay. a theory why they're not saying it. All right. Let's I this. think I think Bungie is desperately trying to get out of the annual release mm -hmm. pattern and yeah, i think that they're trying to then. do it yeah i think that they're trying to do that and i think it's a smart move because as we've learned it takes more than a year for them to make a good one if you look at the witch queen you and, and i are on the same page to that and how much got cut out of that we yep. now know strand and the whole you know apparently tormentors are supposed to be in that one who knows what else they're working on and if you look at like shadow keep and if you look at beyond light and if you look at lightfall you can see where their weaknesses are and so i would love it if they could keep because i do think the seasonal model is sustainable especially yeah. if they do it three times a year instead of four i think it could be extremely sustainable and so they can keep that going and then their expansion rule is expansions will come out when they're ready Yep. That sounds great to me. I was okay. Give, I was, give me, give, yeah, give me three uh, episodes a year for two and a half years and then come out with an expansion when you've actually had time to work on it and you're ready rather than dumping Lightfall on me because you have to get something out in every one year. Like that to me. And then if you look at Witch Queen, Witch Queen got delayed by like five or six months, something around there, four, four or five months, but maybe yeah. actually. It, yeah. it was like, it was like, it was, it was like almost sit, half yeah. a year. Yeah, it was almost half a year. And so and that ended up being a good decision on their part. And so I just think the rule should be let players expect certain stuff. And if you think episodes are are uh, are sustainable and scalable, then, yeah, do episodes for as long as you want. But expansions, Bungie has said time and time again, they've shown us. And I think some people have said it and we know that they said it to Activision when Activision was forcing them to pump out yeah. yearly expansions that they cannot do it at, at a at least at a, at a quality that they would like to. And so I say forget yearly expansions. Give me the big stuff when you're ready. And I think that's why they're not putting a stamp on what happens after episode three, because they're not prepared to commit to it. And I think that is smart. 
and I think it's healthy for the game. And I hope they stick to their guns and don't push out another turd like Lightfall because I just don't want I don't want them to feel like they have to do an expansion every year. And I, I honestly, this to me was the be- one of the better announcements of that entire show because I've been wondering what the future was and the fact that they didn't say. And after Lightfall, you can look forward to this new expansion and this uh, for three years of yearly expansions. If they said that, I would have been like, crap. They're not changing anything. They haven't learned anything and they're going to keep forcing themselves to put out uh, expansions before the free because now what we might get, Ebontis, is maybe I'm sad about a lack of witness faction, but if they wait three years before their next big one and they do episodes in between, they could put a new faction in every one if they're focused on one expansion and they have three years to work on it. So that's my theory. I'm basing it off of basically nothing, but I think that it was a strategic decision on their part to not announce the next expansion. And I'm hopeful that the reason they made that decision is because they don't want to hold themselves to the early model. They want to take longer time for their bigger development cycles. And so the internet is acting like Destiny is never going to have an expansion again. Oh, and that yeah. they're just going to do episodes. That, yeah. I had I had the exact opposite reaction. I said, "No, this is them basically promising bigger expansions that have longer development cycles that will probably feel like uh, they had more time put into them." Uh, and so that's that's my uh, that's my theory, and I, I I think players should be excited by that uh, by that change because the year the yearly model just doesn't work. Look at Lightfall; it doesn't work, man. It's yeah. it's too short of a time. To no, make a I good mean, Destiny expansion. and that I think is because I was probably one of those who was definitely saying, let me know what's coming. It, uh, a lot of people want to know that a future is there and they vaguely said a future is there. I saw the episodes. I like how they said these are going to be meatier than seasons. We want to tell bigger stories, but the act in and of themselves, you're going to be able to digest on a little more individual basis. Like you'll have story, you'll have quests. Um, exotic missions, those types of things. But also it's like done in trimesters. So it's like if you do, you know, six times nine, it's 54 weeks. It's going to be a little longer. I also like what they said. First off, Echoes, which is the first one, does not even start until two weeks, which is going to include the time for the raid, until after Final Shape, which means there is no go do your campaign and then go see what's on with the season. It's kind of concurrent, but you're ignoring this one. It is no Final Shape, Focus. Two weeks, do that. Final shape is done. All of this stuff is happening post death of the witness. We have to assume we kill him or something because something's got to happen. After whatever happens with the witness, that is actually when this begins. And I like, if nothing else, that is a better way to tell that first one and not short it. Because every time, whether it's season of the risen or season of the hunt or whatever, that season that comes with the expansion was always kind of like, it's fine. It was always kind of like tacked on. Some were like better told stories than others, like, you know, the one with Crow and Saladin and Keitel, kind of cool, short. This gives them time to say, hey, focus on the story. That is the only thing in the game right now. That is the only new stuff. Just Lightfall. Then when Lightfall's story is done, we'll give it two weeks. Now we're going to say, what is the fallout from this and what is happening now? So one, I really love the fact that they actually just the starting date is after all that stuff takes place. That I really, really appreciate. That's great. That's a really good idea. The other thing I said, like you were saying, it's like, okay, so I don't know if they'll go two and a half years for it, but I will say if they need like, cause if they can't do it in 12 months, but maybe they could do it in 18, <clears throat> then you take, okay, so maybe we need five episodes 
and then maybe we'll get an expansion. So maybe they'll be able to shift some timing around a little more, kind of like you said. And then, and so, I mean, I think what you said was spot on, 100%. I think this is them giving themselves more flexibility to finally have a chance to breathe, and they finally have seasonal teams in a seasonal model, and now with this episodic model that allows them to have story and meat that will keep the game rolling and then when the big and, and money and that's money. the other thing exactly they have they a gotta... way for money to they have a way for money to come in yep. the door to to finance the big expansions if people are playing episodes and because they're not called seasons e when they come out with their next expansion they could not have it be an episode you know what i mean like hey we're gonna have an episode every uh what is it four months are they doing it every four months now uh yeah we have an episode of we have an episode every four months and then there's this big expansion coming out after episode six. And then we're not going to do another episode until like six months after the expansion comes out. You know, they like they could play it however they want because yeah. it's not called seasons anymore. It's not attached to a specific frame of time. It's just an, a, a length of time that the season runs or the sorry, the episode runs. So yeah, I'll be, I I'll be saying model, that wrong word for a while. The, the, this model gives them way more flexibility for timing for how long they're able to work on expansions. It resets expectations from the players that it's not going to be every year necessarily. And I really hope it isn't because it's just, it's just based on what I'm seeing from the studio, the output. I don't think a year is long enough to work on it. I also think e, you're being optimistic. I don't think 18 months is enough because 18 months was great for witch queen, but they weren't just working on it for 18 months. That expansion had some extra love going into it. Even, even back with the, uh, whatever it was before uh, before that uh, beyond light or whatever. Um, yeah. And so I, I just think, I think Witch queen was a fluke. I think you probably, you should expect it to be two years or more. I mean, would that's be my guess. That would be and fair. I, I was, no, no. I, I mean, it's like, I was curious, honestly, I looked up world of Warcraft. Cause I was like, what the hell was their cadence? So you had like November of 2004 and they had January of 2007. That was a little over two years. Then yep. they did November of 2008. So that was closer to kind of like that, 18 19 months ish uh so that would be like a five episodes then they do december of 2010 so that one's actually your two-year cycle and then they go september of 2012 kind of back to your 18 so again that same idea is like what you're basically saying is however where I long think, it takes yep basically exactly right? so whether yeah. it's, however it's, long it takes hey do you yeah. do we need another episode another four months is that going to give us enough time to kind of find us finish everything we're doing polish it up get it to a good good state so we can actually get a big ship and then they do an announcement whenever, like, hey, this is the season. Once the season launches, they'll do their big push for it or whatever. Um, would be interesting. So I kind of like, I think you're on the nose. And I think that's a smart way to give them flexibility, give their teams. Again, they are a studio that is very much about employee health, reasonableness, like trying not to kill them. Letting, I mean, they're making a push like we are never going to ask you to come back into the office ever again. They said that like it's not going to be a mandate. They have a big giant office. Some people are going to use it, but they're just not going to mandate Aren't it. Are they building a campus too? They have. Like, I mean, some people have yeah. had a tour of the new one. So, I mean, it's there. So it's like, there are probably plenty of people that will be local, but also there's like remote that will be, you can be remote and be remote for the long term. So they're making that commitment. And I think they've and, taken and, this and time. To be clear, I'm behind all that. I just don't think that you can use work-life balance as a shield against delivering quality. Like no, you, the I'm, players have their customers have to come first. And I, I think to a certain extent they're like, well, it's not feasible to 
make an expansion in a year unless we're working our employees so hard. So instead of, of working our employees hard, we're going to put out an expansion that doesn't meet expectations. No, and that's, that's just not a trade-off. Yeah, I, I agree. That wasn't actually what I was going for. I think it's more that they're establishing a point to where we still want to build. We've got like our company values built. So we're trying to make sure we're at a point, but we've also feel like we have the seasonal teams however long it takes them to make them. Now their seasonal teams, they're going to have a little bit more time, uh, but they're going to be able to have a little more time to bring a little more to the table for those seasons. And then if they're broken up into acts, you have 18 weeks. If you like, if you know one is done and like locked and loaded, act two and act three can have a little bit more time in the chamber to finish up and polish up. So just even the development within those seasons, and then you've got another, you know, however long it takes to work on the pieces of it. So I think all like three years of seasons has let them understand what they're capable of doing. And they have honestly put a lot out in these seasons. We get a decent amount of activities. We know some are better than others. We know everybody like, like certain ones, doesn't like certain ones. Some quests are better than others, but generally they've understand their cadence. So I'll be curious how much is on these things. But I think, as you said, it's a way for them to keep the cash flow going, keep a healthy studio employee, you know, work-life balance going on but also allow the big expansion team to work and when they're ready then they're announced i was like i think you absolutely nailed that one so it's like <clears throat> like my want before the show was like i want to see the other thumbnails afterwards but honestly like from seeing this one and thinking through it i'm like it's probably like five episodes when we'll see that next one and yeah. it could and be six that's, that's exactly how they should do it i think they're only committing to three episodes because you know why commit to over a year of content and they don't know, they probably don't know when their next big expansion is going to fit into that. I'm yep. sure that they know what it is, but they're just like, look, whenever it finishes, we're just going to have our episode team keep rolling with episodes while the rest of the teams work on uh, the main expansion. And whenever that one's ready to go, we'll, we'll fold it into the schedule and we'll start advertising it. And so maybe it's in between five episode five, maybe between episode six. I don't even think they know the answer. Because I think if they did know the answer, they would have probably said five episodes and then a major expansion in 18 months or two years or something like that. I just don't think that they're, I don't think they're putting themselves into a box. And I think that that is very smart of them. They shouldn't do that. I mean, Dude, even, even, even if it was, paper. even if they just wanted to be like, hey, we're going to have episode four and then the expansion is going to kick off after that. Like that's the way their story ties in. That's probably the only thing to wonder is as the seasons go along, if they have a big expansion that comes. How does that tie into a season? I know they said they're kind of separate though. So maybe that's the idea is like some of these are standalone stories that they can tell within the episodes and the expansion is just like bigger things have happened, bigger world events, and then maybe they can incorporate them in. But I just kind of wonder how they will, how the story arcs will be like the big ones versus the small ones, kind of how those tie in. Um, but generally I am positive about the episodes. I'm with you on that one. Me too. For yeah, sure. I think that was the best thing. That one, of the, I think that was probably the best thing they showed was, to me, for the long-term health of the game, if you're a Destiny fan, you should be delighted by that news. And I was shocked, but also not surprised at all to see that Twitter was <laughs> alight a with people having the exact opposite reaction I had, which is being like, oh my God, they're killing Destiny. There's not going to be expansions. I was, I was like, just like, no, dude. They're just not telling you the development cycle anymore because they don't want to commit to something yeah. that they think they can't hit. It's smart. That's well, yeah, good it's like... Stuff. That's been the hard thing for them is like they'll make those announcements and everybody else is like, what did I'm trying to remember the one what was it WrestleQuest like the morning of the game coming out? They delayed it because there was some like game breaking bug. 
like they have, as you said, they've stuck themselves to this cadence and this release date and all these things. And yeah, they've had some delays, but it's like for a live service, it's harder. Now they have the episodes to support whatever time they want. So I think yeah. in the long run, it'll probably be good. Guys, uh, listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. I Travis is a smart cookie, guys. I'm pretty sure this is what they're doing. And I'm I'm if it is, then it's yeah. good news for you and you should be happy. Please, Internet, stop tweeting at Bungie that they need to announce the next expansion. They're not going to if they're smart and it's good for you. So take your medicine. Take your vaccines. That's what I say. Public. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't have a Ph.D. Listen to the developers. They're, they're, they're making the right choice in this case. That's the sad thing. That was like. They were like, it will go on. Like, well, the weapons team was like, we're going to be, we've got plans for ye- for weapons for the next years. And everybody's like, I'm like, just, they say it in there. It's like, they're working on the stuff for years. It's not like Chris Proctor is going to be like, final shape is shipped. All right, cool. See ya. It's like, no, he's going to be making weapons for the next years. They have plans. They're yeah. going to be cycling. Like, it's not going anywhere. Breathe. I think it'll be good. So. All right. So somebody <laughs> made a comment, Plague injected, uh, about the episodes won't be the same quote filler bullshit. Um, I'm not saying that I'm not saying the episodes will be good. Every, anybody who's ever watched an episode of this show knows that I am probably the harshest critic on this panel or among any of the guests we've had about the season content. Oh, yeah. I think that, I think the seasonal content is often very mid, sometimes actively bad. That's not my argument. My argument is that, you know, what makes a game worse is mid seasonal content padded out with expansions that are also mid that's not good and so i would just say if you care about the health of the game and you know that a yearly expansion can't exist and can't can't be sustained then you should be happy to know that they're willing to delay that and that they're moving to a more modular development cycle so yeah i I just think the expansions now have a chance of being good i make no promises about the episode content being good i have no idea i hope it is but it could just be bad. So I, I don't know. But either way, it'll keep longtime Destiny players happy. And then when casual Destiny players return every two to three years to play the expansions, they'll be more excited about what they got to play uh, rather than coming back every year and then sometimes being happy and sometimes being super not happy. So I, I, it'll be more consistent, I think, for more people. Yeah. Uh, back from the dead. Um, what's up, man? Um they said if any raids or dungeons will be in the acts. Now, for the final shape pre-order, when you do that, you get a dungeon key. I would imagine you get a brand new raid with the new expansion, and then in probably Revenant and then Heresy, the other two episodes, you're probably going to get a dungeon in each of the other two episodes, and your big raid is there. That also does make me think like reprised raids coming later on after your big expansion. <clears throat> we might be done. Maybe. Maybe. Or at least right now, this is what they'll commit to. Maybe they're working on vault stuff. Who knows? But like right now, do not expect a reprised raid. That is something, one of those things on the internet, and you basically just said the same thing, but it's just like, listen to what they're telling you. They literally are telling you all of this stuff. They're like, it's going to go on for years. We're not giving up on Destiny. We don't know how to say it. We're just not telling you everything yet. And then also it's like, well, I don't see a reprised raid. So when is that coming? Or if you read the information that's there, don't expect a reprise raid. If you get one, you could be surprised, but don't expect it. Set the expectations with the information they told you. Anyway, um, but yeah, that's I, kind of. I, a... I hope I hope that raids happen the same way they're thinking of expansions, which is 
whenever they're ready, right? Like presumably they have a raid team that's just working on raids. Yeah, and there so you go. If they're just working on raids, whenever they're finished with the raid, they'll work it into whatever episode or they'll sell it as a standalone or they'll put it into an, a major expansion or whatever. But I, I, I don't think, again, part of Destiny's problem has been quantity over quality in a lot of cases. They pump out seasons and there's a lot of them and they're very inconsistent. And so if you have a problem with that, then you shouldn't have a problem with them not telling you their specific plans because they want it to be ready, which everything I've seen in their messaging implies that they are trying very hard to not tie themselves down to uh, a specific recurring model, which I think is smart because that's not how game development works, guys. Game development doesn't 12 months of work equals game. No, it's it's art. It's a little bit more alchemical than that. And yeah, I'm just I'm comforted by this announcement. I think I think it's. Cool. Yeah, I mean, if somebody's asking about the raids, like when could it fit in? I think, as you said, when it could be ready because when it's the ready, ma- the amount of time it takes yeah. to probably get scourge scourge ready, being as it was in D two, it is going to be an engine lift, so there's going to be some work involved. But the amount of work it's going to take to ever do like a reprise Siva comeback, we've talked about that. That is like you may as well remake the whole damn thing in Destiny two because Siva doesn't even exist in there. If they ever even flirt with that, who knows? But like. That could take much longer. And as you said, that could be a reprise raid for episode seven, maybe, but maybe yeah. in episode six, if they know the yeah. expansion is looking like epi- or episode three, maybe they do a reprise raid. If, if it takes them like eight months to get that ready and then the expansion will have a raid in episode five or six like that, that I think you've you've nailed it. A lot of this is just like they're going to release what they can when it's ready. Hey, there's a free raid coming in this one. Surprise. Like we didn't tell you, but this is where we're at. I Yeah. All right, we That's can probably talk game. about that one forever. Yeah, <laughs> uh, bringing players closer. So they've got breaking barriers, whether it's um, fire team power. So there's a point if somebody hasn't played in a while and they log in and you're at eighteen ten and they're at sixteen oh five, but you want to drag them into a legend difficulty thing. Be like, hey, you got some good guns still? Yeah, I do, but I'm like sixteen hundred power. All right, well, come in with me. You're going to be eighteen oh five when you jump in. If it's something like that. I think that helps the average player come in and experience stuff and then they can work on their leveling part. It also does seem weird that like some stuff will still have power levels and there's some that are just straight up fixed. Whatever level you are, it's five levels, you know, above you. Some of that stuff is going to be that way, but they're like contest mode, grand mat, like nightfalls are still going to be the whole power level dance still feels a little weird. What does and doesn't have a power level. It's like expansions. They're probably going to go up for a power level with final shape. But then as you said, what if the next expansion is that far away that episodes you don't really raise a power, so you're just living it. What are we going to get up to in final shape? Probably 2,000 now. Probably somewhere in that yeah. ballpark. So we're going to be living at 20... Maybe it's 2060s where you get with your pinnacle power, and you live at 2060 for five episodes until you bump it up for the next expansion. It just seems like eventually that whole fight, the power level may take a shift, but for now it's... I'm okay with the normalization because... You know, if you got a buddy who logs on hasn't played in a while, eighteen ten with before artifact. So that's probably rounded out to even two thousand, right? Yeah, feels like we're gonna make. It wouldn't do it more than that, two thousand, and then it'll be two thousand until the next major expansion. Yeah. So what would you? So do you think it would be like nineteen ninety for powerful, and the last ten gets you to two thousand? So you have that like perfect round number. That'd be, yeah. that'd be like for your OCD people, that'd be like a little happy place for them. I think. I, I think that would be great. And then they could, when the next expansion comes out, decide on what makes sense for that. Because uh, if it's every two years, maybe 
2500 or 2250 yeah yeah like a 250 a little bigger climb if it's farther away yeah yeah they could do bigger climbs because they're larger gaps between and you have more time because if you think about it this power climb has to last them for as many episodes as it takes for the new expansion if they're staying to their previous commitment of not raising the power every episode which i think they will um and therefore, yeah, I wonder. About I, I think that, I think that's the right call. I think that's the right call because like pow- power level is so arbitrary. Like I yeah. get why people like it for the main expansions, but it really is just number go bigger. It doesn't change anything in the game. It doesn't make you actually stronger. You'll still get killed by dregs if you get hit, you know, a yeah. certain number of times. It doesn't matter. And yeah. so, I yeah, I I, I think um, I think that makes sense. I yeah, yeah. there's Good. too many things where it doesn't matter. So I'm okay with that. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, like players complain about two things. They complain about their power not mattering, legit complain, and then they complain about uh, the game not being accessible to their friends and new players. Pick one, guys, right? Because yeah. either your power matters or your friends are easy to play with. And I would say if I had to pick between those two, I would one thousand percent pick make it easier for players. Yeah. It's Destiny's biggest problem in the long term right now. So. Either your power matters or it doesn't matter as much because your friends get to play with you. Pick the latter, guys. Let's let's agree to pick the latter. Yeah. It's the more important thing. And for the few things where power actually matters, yeah, that should be an easy choice in the grand scheme. I mean, yeah, it, whatever the expansion level stuff is, that's when it goes. Yep. Uh, we've got timeline reflections. So they have very specific choice missions to have newer players and current players kind of experience moments so like with Cade's fate or, you know, maybe something with Eris with Shadow Keep, uh, Beyond Light seems like there's one kind of major moment that you're going to experience from previous times. Kind of a good way to go good back, um, get a little bit of a throwback, pull some stuff out of the vault. Like, I mean, Forsaken, so you're going to have, you know, some of the assets, I guess, are there with Prison of Elders. But yeah, I'll be kind of curious where they, how much they use those, how much comes out. It's like, they're just like, the vault is still pretty full. I'll be curious when more stuff comes out of there. Fire Team Finder actually does look pretty in depth. You're even going to be able to tag yourself as a casual, hardcore, new speed. They have like little tags you can put on yourself. Uh, oh, it's also Long not overdue. the whole, not the whole mission. They said so. Yeah, there'll be kind of little. But yeah, Fire Team Finder for season twenty three will be big, and I think launching it before Final Shape is important so they can iron out the details, make sure they're good. Make sure, you know, any oh, some of the kinks go in there because you can only test it for so long. You put it in all of our hands. We're going to break it. Um, but yeah, as soon as that's in the game, that will be very, very helpful for a lot of people. Hopefully my solo guides still have a place, but we will see. Uh, long live the witch. So we got season of the witch. Um, how's it been for you so far? How much have you played? Uh, one sec. I'm responding to a comment. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, uh, it's been good. Um, it's, I, I think they're doing something a little bit more ambitious with the story, uh, which is cool. They're actually making changes. Eris is a monster now. It's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, that's kind of one of the the cooler cutscenes I've seen in a minute. Yeah. In terms of the actual content and activity you're doing per usual, I am pretty underwhelmed by the prospect of having to give Eris tithes every week and get a tiny bit of story until finally the ending gets here. I'm not like stoked on that you know like it's a fine activity it's just sort of like all right how many weeks is this going to be entertaining because even the first week i was sort of like man um nimbus sucks (laughs) i wish he would have died too along with the other guy Uh, um sorry rohan or something like that i wish they would have died along with rohan um yeah i hate nimbus uh 
the uh but yeah I, I, it's okay i i like the tarot vibe i like i like the idea by the way for one i love that amaru is involved in it amaru is underrated character i wish amaru was my ghost i kind of want like a mean ghost because i feel like it fits me better dude that moment Maybe. though i will say i was like oh guardian got dark when he grabbed amaru yeah and like threatened me like ah, uh, uh, he's like no let me go you need me and i was like uh, that was just one of those moments i'm like all right power dynamic kind of established there maru you're like still kind of you're, you're just like we can take you out so i was like i thought that was just an interesting moment because the first time we crush one we realized we crush a ghost and witch queen now it's the point where you threaten them that way and amaru's like all right i kind of be gotta gotta play a little nice yeah, Sabathun was... would be gone forever if that happened right but... exactly yeah so. i love that i love that this is setting up the, the hive being on our side or at least a faction of them being on our side uh i love that um you get to spend so much time with Amaru. Uh, I love that they're making big changes in seasons. That's something that's really bothered me is they kind of neatly put all the places back where they were at the beginning of the season because they're, they're afraid of making like big changes. Um, and lately they've been breaking that rule, which I think is great. Uh, their heiress is, unless they turn heiress back into a human at the end, which I'll be pissed. Well, apparently she can like uh, change right now because some are like, how often do you stay in that one or something? So there's a little lore of like, yeah. he's not perma perma hive she, god thing but becomes a more a powerful enough hive to kill the hive god of war right she needs to be a hive going forward that's just it she kind of does I mean? yeah it yeah. feels, and it she, feels like and that's where she, we're going she and savathun could be bestie sister best friends of the hive and they'll join the vanguard i want to be at that we'll, family thanksgiving dinner table to see how that, sure. that goes down <laughs> yeah hey uh the guardian killed your brother i killed your sister and now you and i are kind of kin that's, yeah i mean Honestly, I think that's a that's a great uh, way to go. I, I but I love the plan. I love the idea of what powering up Eris to kill her. It's just sort of the mechanics of seasons are not something I aspire to to spend a lot of time in. Just because I I don't like grinding. I really don't. I don't like having to do the same activity and over and over again and get my grid filled out and get the story. I just want I want to go through the campaign and get to the end and that sort of thing. So yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, we've got, as you said, story seems cool. Very curious where it lands with Eris. And I will say cool with the Eris part because she looks like a beast. Like, do not piss off Eris. She's going to mess you up. She's putting in some work in the hive gym and she is definitely. Um, she looks pretty angry when she's in that form. But on the other side, I am getting one of like, like my least asked things. We are taking out Zivu in a damn season, and I feel told you. I know. Told I know. You. I know. Yeah. I just. I, I was like, I, you know how I knew? Because she's an EU character. -y. We she's haven't. We haven't spent enough time with her. We haven't spent enough she's time with her. She's an EU character, and EU character is going to get taken out in the EU. It just seems like they had a great voice actress for like Ghost of the Deep, and then the last season, like learning all the stuff about her, and then it's like we're going to power up Eris, and it's going to be a one-off to kill her. Shouldn't that make you happy, though? Shouldn't it make you happy that now seasons are becoming quality enough that they're hiring good voice actors? I mean, to that's significant. Fair. Will, you know what I, I mean? Like, give you that. Imagine this in an episodic environment yeah. where uh, ep episodes have more meat to them and are a little bit beefier. And they have they're showing that they're willing to make big decisions and take big swings and have their own good voice actors and stuff. And if if they can deliver on that promise and make episodes actually good, then 
you're less upset about who dies in the EU, right? <laughs> or who, I who, mean, yeah, uh, if you have what happens in the season, if you have if better quality good. story with good voice acting, like characters that have time for like act one, act two, act three to kind of like build a bit of story around those characters, have things happen and then have kind of like a conclusion to that story. I'm okay with that. In the future, my one thing is she is a hive god, god of war, and we are again, it's like taking out. The other two have been expansions and then this one's going to hey, be a season. And it's, we, that's kind of my only took, piece. We've, we've taken out other, do, uh, other hive gods in uh non major yearly expansions. That's what happened with Crota. Crota was not quite on the, the three level. Crota's Oryx's son. Crota, it was a hive God. Well, I mean, okay, fair, but not yeah. of like the three main proto hive gods of Oryx. Ziva, we killed one of the Ziva worms in a strike, Ibantis. I know. I'm not this saying is, I liked it either. I know. This is not unprecedented. I know. I'm just saying, <laughs> if I had my druthers, then it would be slightly different. But again, it does seem like how that's probably going to pan out. Which, if the payoff is having kind of badass stuff happen to Eris, it helps. Like it helps make it kind of okay because like Zivu hasn't been that fleshed out. As we said, we had some cool voices and stuff like that, and seems like an interesting character. But also, like, seeing Eris, who's been hiding behind this mask and all this stuff, finally take the mask off and just go full on, you know, we're getting ready for Super Saiyan Eris. I was like, that that might be the way it's worthwhile. It's not just like you do kill the worm god in the strike. It's like you have one of your NPCs go through an awesome transformation. And that's how the hive god is taken. I'm like, at least that, as you said, makes the quality of the storytelling better. So it's like, I, I can deal with that. I'm um, big for big swings. I think it's a big thing. And hey. If we do kill Zivu this season, let's add that to the scoreboardy things I was right about. Let's you, add it. Oh, I, yeah. Cog, Cog was on the other side. Remember? He was on the other side. He's like, no way. I said EU character. <laughs> <laughs> I just <laughs> We will well, we'll see how it plays out. A twist would be a twist would be if for some reason Eris does go to that status, but we don't kill her. And that'll be interesting, but I don't know if that'll happen. Yeah, but then yeah, that I to me I think I would be even more upset with that because it, it would seem like a uh like a cop out, right? Like like uh Savathun said, uh I won't help you unless you kill my sister, and if we just like sap Con her of convince all of her to be nice or something. No, uh, it's like whatever, come on. Yeah. yeah, just kill her. Kill her. Do it, kill her in EU, that's fine. And honestly, I I'm thrilled when they make big decisions during seasons. I yeah, think that's they, one thing they've gotten right. They made Saladin uh, have to join the Cabal. They made uh, the uh, the Seraph with Rasputin was very good. Seraph yeah, Rasputin Seraph was excellent. They're doing this in season. I would say th those are so much better than random. Hey, go be a pirate for a season, or hey, we're going to tell this little side story that has nothing to do with anything, like season of the Drifter that just goes nowhere. Uh, and and yeah, make big decisions, man. And I think that's part of what they're going to go for with episodes. Yeah. I really do. I, I think I mean, tell bigger, better guys, stories. I'm, try, I'm trying to be optimistic. I'm trying to look at the future yeah. Bungie is showing us that which they're willing. And I'm saying, if I were being charitable to Bungie, what do I think is going to happen? And with the expansions, I have a theory that I think is optimistic. With episodes, I have a theory that's optimistic. And I would say you can be less upset about them doing stuff in seasons if you start to expect that seasons are better and that's that's and look i'll be the first guy to be disappointed if they prove me wrong but that's what i'm gonna yeah that's what i'm gonna speculate i'm gonna be i'm gonna be a good guy travis this episode except yeah. for if we talk about uh final shape i'm i'm gonna 
the final shape is not shaping up to be uh, as exciting as I hoped it would yeah. be, at least from what I've seen so far. We'll see. Um, but yeah, so we've got the altars of ruin or no altar of summoning. So you're sitting there like you go in, you summon an activity of different tiers. So this is where you're kind of getting the choice of what your difficulty is going to be. If you choose to go with the more difficult version, then your progress of the activity can be quicker. You don't actually get kicked to orbit instantly. You can just go run it again. See if you have a lot of offerings you can give, which you get from like everything. I have tons of them now already. You get them from everywhere. You can just literally cycle through there and just like play that stuff. See if you got a group that's just busting through some powerfuls, you can spend some time in there, but it is, uh, they do have a few new mechanics in this one. I mean, you've got your kill your abominations, kill your loosened hive type of moments, but you've also got the like, the way to handle the three different crystals. Like the void ones are like the Leviathan scions, go inside the shield and punch it. You've got the arc ones. You've got to get like, you know, arc conductor, basically go around and transfer the arc charge. You've got the solar ones, which probably suck the most because you've got to carry something that's burning you. Those moments are less fun. Um, but yeah, if you crank it up to like uh, powerful and you get one of those with like the six shriekers, if you step out and try and do anything running around there, you just get smoked. Like at least at the level I'm at right now. So, I mean, they definitely set it up to hurt. And granted, attrition is on this week. We to get rid of that damn modifier. I hate attrition. It's just like, you got to go run around and get your little, oh, I can get some healing out of this little baby orb. <laughs> just deleted. I just do not like attrition, but that's just a preference. Uh, and then the other side, we have Sabbath Inspire, which is literally the spire. We climb it. You have like encounter, traversal, encounter, traversal, encounter. Uh, on the traversal sections, there's a couple little secrets. If you knock them out once a week, you're going to seemingly get, um, you know, kind of a little loot drop. Couple weapons. I think I may have got a deep sight one in there. If you do it every time, which doesn't take but like five more seconds, you're gonna get uh, like little reputation bumps. I think I got one witch engram once after I did the first one. But it's literally just like a couple runes, hit them with the right color, whether it's void, solar void, or solar void, solar void. Pretty easy to do. It wasn't too long to figure that one out. And then um, doesn't seem like there's a ton more. We're probably gonna get a shift next week. Where it's like arc, maybe it's strand. Who knows? I think we'll. I'll just be curious what to see the variations they have are on those secrets. Uh, and then the big one's kind of this deck. So I will say there are no seasonal bonuses. There is no seasonal grid to fill out at the NPC vendor. Your bonuses this time come from our deck of whispers. Now you've got minor cards, which if you pick them up and you kind of like go to Deckard Kane and identify your unknown item. <laughs> Um, you get to see like, here's the minor one, which is going to be an engram or some, um, the shard or a prism or whatever it may be. The major ones are going to be us building out our deck. Now it seems like there's probably only going to be 12 major cards. You'll be able to choose a total. You have to have five active. So go do your first five. So you at least have something. And then when you go into whether it's altars or whether it's uh, the spire, each encounter is going to draw a card out of your deck. And you're going to get that benefit for the course of the encounter. And I like the idea of this, but kind of the same way we had our like baby's first roguelike in Destiny. This is also baby's first deck builder because you're going to have 12 cards. You'll pick your five that kind of work with your build. I've seen a solar one. There's a void one and an arc one. Seems like you're going to get certain benefits from those. Um, so maybe if you lean into a certain subclass and then... You want to make heavy ammo if you get kills. So you'll be able to kind of set it up what your play style is a little bit, but it's not going to be anything drastic yet. And this is, again, another one of those moments where here's an idea. We're going to put it into Destiny that we haven't before. 
but we're going to do a very small beta test. See how this thing pans out. So it's like conceptually, I'm like, I'm okay with the deck being there. Kind of an interesting one. Like you got five active, which one am I going to get this time? Good or bad? Play with it. Uh, and if you have three people with three different buffs, like the heavy ammo one, you're swimming in heavy ammo. Like you are rolling in heavy ammo. If you've seen a lot of it on the ground, that is probably why. Um, and if you get a buff for maybe like solar or void or something like that, it could be kind of fun to have that experience. But how deep can it go with 12 cards? Not that deep. But I like the idea of them testing these systems now with kind of seasons. Hopefully, as you said, in episodes. Episodes. Yeah. Well, season now, episode later. So if you're in the season now and these, again, are testing these the functionality of these things, hopefully they do lean into these things a little bit more in episodes and you can have this deeper system that they play with a little bit more there because they'll have longer for it to last. I would actually be curious. Uh, this kind of takes me to an interesting point. All of our seasons are based on annual basis. Each season when the new expansion comes out, the helm, clean sweep. All of the seasons are done when you get a new expansion and then you start populating the helm again. If we get up to see episode four, do we have space for that? But episode five, where do we put that? Like that, I would be curious kind of how they plan for that change in mechanics. And that's no different than just giving a diff different I destination think, on a tower or I something. But said in the, in the post show that episodes would stick around for you to play them whenever you want. So my guess is there will probably be limited time activities, but then there will be like a through story that's like five or six smaller missions or however many they fit into an episode that you'll be able to play at any time. Um, and I don't know why they would take those out because they don't affect playlists, right? They don't they don't limit player size or anything. They just give yeah. you other options if you want to go back and play old content. So yeah. my guess is like throw that all in a library where they can just access those activities and keep it going as long as you want. Eventually, if they have problems with performance and loading times like they were doing before, they could snap that off and throw it into a different app. But I don't I don't think that'll yeah. happen. I mean, if they stop vaulting stuff with episodes and people are like, hey, did you play this episode? It's actually pretty cool. That would be an interesting yeah. change as opposed will to probably be better yeah. because they'll they'll miss out the weekly grind part. They can just cut that out. They can take away the activity yep. because that is a playlist, right? You don't want people to be able to queue up in playlists from seasons from seven episodes ago. But you do want them to be able to play like the Red War missions. Right. And so that part of the act could be could be saved over. So, yeah. yeah, I would love that if they if they kept it. It sounded like in the post show that was their plan to keep part of it the part that matters the story yeah, the part. story there so. so yeah um so i'm i'm kind of okay with the systems that they're doing we'll see how the episodes like hopefully dive deeper into some of these they have them longer and hopefully they stay around longer which means i think that's also i mean they said it too they were kind of stuck in a rut per se in how they were making the seasons it was almost so formulaic because of what's worked with the studio but also because it was so formulaic it kind of got boring i mean they i think one of them said it on stream it got to that level and now, hopefully, as you said, these self-contained things that will stay around longer and you have these experiences in there. I'm I'm same. I'm with you. I'm cautiously optimistic what they can do with these things. And then the expansions, hopefully, as you said, if Final Shape is one of these that got two years to be made instead of one, if it blows the doors off and does some cool things, that's what we get to look forward to. Not sure how good. Won't know until we get it. But for now, will you be reviewing Final Shape? I think so. Yeah. I can't imagine anybody else at the company doing it. Destin doesn't do reviews anymore, and I'm the only one who knows about Destiny. Anytime Destiny news pops up, somebody calls me. <laughs> like if, if there's hey, Travis, if this important, we're... should we do an article? Yeah, like it happened this week. Like I watched the stream and I wasn't writing anything about it because I just figured IGN wouldn't want to cover 
Destiny news because they rarely do. And then when the news started picking up, somebody on the news team called me and was like, Travis, we don't know about Destiny. Can you write the article? I was just like, I'm actually busy. I can't right now. But uh, yeah, it's just funny that they call me when they need to know Destiny stuff. I mean, it makes sense. You're kind of the guy, so that's not I'm the wrong. guy. Yeah. Not a weekly Destiny show. What, who else are you going to ask? Uh, Rota's end. Leaks were right. Not to a big surprise of a lot of people. I think there was who? enough enough leaks out there. Um, are you going to be jumping in? Or do are you going to be busy no. doing other things? What reason do I have to jump in? Uh, Is there, probably exotic, the old, I guess. Uh, exotic... I don't know if we know the exotic. It might be Necrochasm. I feel like I saw it in the trailer. That's kind of like a rumor, but I feel like I almost saw it in the trailer. The other one is they actually yeah. are bringing back the Age of Triumph Crota's armor, like the kind of cool green spiky stuff, like one of those sets that people have been asking for a long time. They're actually bringing back that armor for it. That I was actually surprised about because that will be some pretty highly coveted armor because it does look pretty sick. Armor's cool. Maybe I'll hop in. Uh, somebody pointed out it does come out on Starfield launch day. I will yeah. be done playing Starfield by then, so then I assume you will too, Pontus. So I was like, I'll be that, I'll be far enough along that I've got enough other stuff to do. Probably, yeah. yeah. That won't matter. That won't matter to me too much. Starfield will be done by then. Um, but for me, uh, but uh, yeah, the I don't know. I might be working on Liza P or something around that time. I'm not really sure when this goes. What is that? September 19th. I think that comes out. Yeah. So I'll probably get it. September first week of September would be my guess. Yeah. Uh, Somewhere on there. Um, But yeah, uh, it just depends. I might hop in. I will. I I'm still committed to getting every exotic in destiny. Yeah. That is the one last thing I will. Every exotic and every catalyst. Every, every exotic, every catalyst, everything else has fallen off for me. I've already missed craftable weapons and honestly the grind for craftable weapons is so big you'd have to redo the same thing so many times it's just not worth it but right now i'm only missing the bow from spire dungeon which by the way when is that the weekly rotator uh uh, the watcher i'll have to check a schedule i don't know if i even know yet because they started over with this week is what it was for the final week of the last season so i will be yeah Kind of curious. Spire checkpoint. Yeah, somebody needs to give me spire checkpoint so I can do that. I don't remember what it is, but yeah, I will. I'm I'm still committed to getting all the exotics. That's like the one thing that I I hope I will continue to play enough Destiny going forward to always have that. So I guess I will do Crotas at some point, but yeah, um, not it's not a priority it. for me, yeah. man. Like this this year is so just lousy with amazing games. Um, Oh, just, it's ridiculous. I, there's yeah, it's there's so many I've missed, but I'm waiting for the Switch 2 for one of them. So I called that and I'm good. <laughs> Me and my, hey, come on, next year, man. Every rumor's pointing that direction. So I was like, I, I chose that one right. So I'm fine with that. But everything else I've missed is still just a giant. He's never list. gonna play that game, guys. He's never gonna play it. This is uh this is the soldier movie where you know you, your guts are hanging out and you're like, We're still gonna we're still gonna open <laughs> we're gonna that be bakery, friends, aren't right? we? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, man. When we get home, we're for sure gonna open a bakery. That's you. You're just lying to yourself and we all know it. Uh he's never gonna play that game, guys. Tears of the kingdom. He's never gonna play it. Uh but there's still so much this year, even like that we've been I've been trying to keep up with some. I get a chance to review Starfield, so I'm in the middle of that. Sea of Stars. Hopefully I see something from that one, but if I do actually get a chance to play that one, that's another, even if it's a short RPG like Chrono Trigger, it's still like 25 hours. Probably it could be longer depending on how much they put into it. Um, That one's interesting. 
Yeah, I was like, I just love the style of that one and the music. and It is Chrono Trigger. Oh, yeah. Like everything about it. They're just copying it. I was just, like, I'm okay with that because I'm not going to get a Chrono Trigger remake if ever. If if it is, it's so far away. It's not even funny. Um, Yeah, you mentioned Lies of P. Then there's Forza. And then we've got Lords of the Fallen. Then we've got Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, and you just like Forza. Like, I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was Maybe. like, I... Yeah, I'm actually really looking forward to spending some time in that. It's just like, that'll be one of those I just like play offline, probably on my own before I go to bed. Be like, hey, let me get a couple races or let me work on some lap times or something. That'll be kind of my little, you would think that would be like a way to like chill out. But then it's like if you're trying to hit the apex perfectly and stuff, it's like I'll probably be stressed. So it's like it's a balance. But yeah, you've got Spider-Man, which I want to play. And we haven't even talked about 2024. Things get moved out there now and stuff. So yeah, it's like there's a lot of time and it does seem like Destiny's not going anywhere. The acts are actually going to be nice though, depending on content. I think that's why hopefully the variety on my channel can get some legs on it too, which will be helpful because the seasonal spike will happen every six weeks, but you're not going to be like, hey, here's this thing every week. Hey, here's this thing every week. So it's going to be kind of a balance of what content. Armored Core 6. Have you seen some of the reviews on that? It's looking really good. Sure have. Oh, I'm really excited to play that one. My buddies mm -hmm. might be playing it right now. I gotta ask him if he's playing. Uh, are, I mean, people are playing. People are playing right now. I think it actually went live, like when the podcast started. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, AC Six looks really fun, and it's from like I think if you've played any of their games, it's not Souls, yeah. but it is like it feels I don't think like this game's gonna sell well, but I think it's gonna be very popular. It'll probably be a critical darling, kind of like yeah. People higher will higher really reviews like and lower sales, but but the thing is, like FromSoft still isn't a well-known name on the larger gaming sphere, and uh, it also doesn't look like a FromSoft game, and it has a six in its title, which is one of those confusing Japanese yeah. game things where it kind of makes it look generic. Final Fantasy sixteen, yeah. you know, like it just it makes it look like a generic. Oh, I I've never heard of this series. It's the sixth one, blah blah. blah. So I don't think it's going to sell well, despite being from a high pedigree studio, but I do think it's going to be a fantastic game also and i don't think, I don't think i'm under NDA anymore for anything i've done on that so that I, game is say, out. I think it's officially like i think my steam popped up like and out. said you can buy this now i'm like oh okay you can buy it now or you can play it now uh no i think you I'll can play, straight I'll up play it so I not talk about it no it's like i think it's yeah add to cart so i think you can just download it and play it right now so i think it is officially yeah people nice. are streaming it's like it's live live yeah, I saw a couple of like creator reviews drop today and it's just even the thumbnail and title is like really good in a lot of places. So that's that's positive. And that's another one that's like right now, much less before we get to the crazy of October. So uh, and then you got Super Mario Wonder, I think also in October, October's like October is another one of right now because we got like five or six games right now. And then there's about 10 days in October. We get six or seven. So it's there's a lot of stuff to play. Yeah, Remnant 2 just finished up with that one. We, I think we both put a lot of time into that. Remnant Great was game. fantastic. Um, yeah, that's that's going to get uh, expansions and stuff, too. Oh, man, when those expansions come out, that'll be that'll be worthy I to go it, back I to. I hope it's New Realms. I mean, that would be... New Realms and maybe New... Um, God. I'm trying to think New Archetypes, I would guess. Oh, they're all going to have New Archetypes. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt they're all going to have at least one, I bet. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, if you get like one realm from them, you're like, well, that's going to take me like 20 hours because there's so much to do. Two different stories, yeah, probably like, no, nah, it's like, I'm so happy that that game was successful because the first was good. But this one, I think on NPD, it was number one. Like it beat out Diablo for July and stuff. Like I was really happy it to see those numbers. Players than 
it beat the all like all time Steam player count for I think Skyrim or something weird like that. It was like, yeah, like, no, it did really. It, I think it broke a hundred k, broke a hundred k concurrent. I think because I know we Multiple reviewed times. it. Yeah, yeah. So it was a good game. I I think I, what did I give that nine out of ten? Uh, I think we both did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That game is a nine. That, that, I mean, yeah, you. That's one of those where, yeah, definitely a nine for sure. So. Did I tell you that Hogue hated the maze fight? Dude, what? He said oh, it was. He man, said it Hogue was, he is said it was, so. Like, you cannot guess what Hogue is going to. So bad. Yeah. It's so dude, weird I, sometimes. You're like, you're going to like this one? No. Are you going to hate this one? I love it. And you're like, I don't understand you. So do you want to know the key to guessing Hogue's opinions? It's the opposite of what you think it's going to be? No. If, if it's something that appeals to his nostalgia in some way, oh. if it's that reminds him of the 80s or sometimes so sea of stars he, he might like if he's a chrono trigger guy oh he, he sea of stars is on his game of the year list and it's not even out yet he hasn't yeah. played it right so yeah like that's that's i think the uh the the the, the uh what do you call it the uh, kind of his stone. barometer like kind of thing the, the 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 stone that they use for the decrypting language why am I for Rosetta Stone? Rosetta Stone. It's, yeah, his, yeah. It's, it's his Rosetta Stone. Like, if you want to understand the language of Hogue, just be like, is this something that an old person would wish it would be mad that times have changed about? And if the answer is yes, he's not going to like it. But if it's something that he would have liked 30 years ago, you would have, then yeah, he'll so he's stuck it. in so, his past. He's stuck in his past of gaming. Yeah. He hasn't come to the he, modern era. It's, yeah, very much so. Like, he wants Chrono Trigger, but he does. And Remnant, I was actually surprised they liked it. And I think it was because it was a little jank and a little bit reminded him of the old one but he doesn't like remnant 2 and i think it's because it probably made him feel left behind because it gets a little fancy and he hated the maze fight which is one of my favorite fights in it that was game such and a he, unique fight and most people i talked to i he, was like hyped on that part he hated it he said it was like the worst encounter and uh, it apparently almost made him stop playing the game because he hated that encounter so much and i was like bro i could not feel more different than uh -huh, you like no i, I mean that was the that was maybe my favorite boss fight in any game. Like it was so good. Well, I was like, what so have unique. I been asking for in destiny? A, a boss that was broken into multiple parts. And I'm just sitting here. I'm like, I'm looking at it. It can be done. Did you play the third. No, I need to. That's kind of one of my like missed. Surge that's one of my missed a, souls games. The search is a fight where you get trapped in a room. That's trying to kill you. It's like a robot room and it keeps reconfiguring itself to that's... try to kill you with like arms and flamethrowers oh, and stuff. That's kind of fun. You have to you have to survive and fight the room itself. And it kind of reminded me of that fight. Cause like you're stuck in the room and the room also does a thing where it'll like open up floors in itself. Cause there's a, it's in, floating in the air. It's like a yeah. floating room that keeps spinning. Uh, and yeah, that, that game's very, it's got some, it's kind of a gem, I think. Uh, yeah. Like, the, uh, Search. And then they just came out with Atlas Fallen, which kind of mid reviews on that one. It seemed kind of cool, but didn't hit too well. Immortals of Avium. Actually, they actually made the first Lords of the Fallen, that studio. Oh. They're not making the new one, but yeah, yeah that was their, their other game. Uh, Immortals of Avium just dropped. Um, I haven't played it yet, by the way. I, I finally got reviews. It's like a seven, it seems like. I mean, people are like, I mean, the story is kind of what you would expect, um, but I think people are finding some fun in it. So it's like, it doesn't have to be a game that goes on forever and has all the lights. Like if you want like, you know, your popcorn action shooter flick that's magic instead of guns. And you want to have some fun with it. And you got like Gina Torres and I forget the main guy's name. So you got good acting, um, at least actors, whether the writing is there. Um, but yeah, it's like from different people I've seen, it's like they're, they're finding fun. Like Jake Baldino, he was basically saying it is a flawed game. 
but it's kind of fun. Like, it's kind of that thing. But I will say, like, for me, I actually finally got approved as, like, EA creator. Like, I got approved into the EA creator network, I think, based around this release. So I finally, I've had that thing pending for a long time. That thing, I finally, like, kind of sent an email working on trying to get into Immortals. And I ended up getting a code for Immortals about two hours before the embargo finally, like, drops. I'm like, well, I don't have time for that right now, but we'll get to that later. But at least I'm in, so... Nice. Uh, it's a video game ass video game. Uh, that's a Jake Baldino line, I think. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be a busy year, but I think this season at least is looking to be reasonable. Um, like, I mean, both of the activities we got are still better than salvage easily. Deep dive was pretty cool with the difficulty and stuff. The density on both of these seem to be there. Um, and then final shape, obviously we know is going to be February cause they're hell or high water. Like that's the cadence they seem to hit. And then I think with you, they're like, let, let, let's free some, free up what we're going to do. Uh, but I we, so. I was like, somehow we still managed to make this a two hour show. So not surprising. It's what we it's do. Yeah. yeah. It was a lot to cover. Um, and we didn't even have cogs. So we will have to get his thoughts when he is, uh, available next week, hopefully. And next week we'll also be getting close to embargo for actually no embargo will drop right before the show. So we'll actually be able to talk about Starfield next week. So that'll probably be part of the podcast. So stay tuned for that. Uh, is that true? I was like next week is the 31st, right? Or is 31st. it the first? Yeah, you're right. It's the morning of the 31st. Yep. So it'll be that midday. So yeah, our show will be posts all the reveal drops. So yeah, that discourse will be something we talk about. Um, so I think that's all we got though, to wrap up this week. Uh, thank you guys chat. You guys have been fantastic. Shout out to everybody in there. All of you guys are awesome chat. You guys have been on fire. All we ever ask is that you're civil and it always seems to stay that way. Shout out to Necromancer Zale. I think I missed your super chat, by the way, the new warlock super, um, the new aspects for strand are actually pretty cool. I think for everybody, some feel real busted, like the warlock one seems real busted, but outside of that one, we'll see how long some of the how long it takes to nerf and deactivate some of these things. But for now, you got another week and then we got a raid next week and embargoes drop and all that fun stuff for this episode. It's been a fantastic one. Travis, you got anything in the next week you can talk about or just wait till next week? Uh, next Thursday, I'll have a whole bunch of Starfield videos up and uh, also on the 29th, which will be next Tuesday, uh, try and five o'clock oh, conspiracy nice, nice, if nice. you're puzzle platformers. Uh, but yeah, it'll be good times. Shout out real quick to Christopher Sharp with the massive super chat to end the show. Another $100 super chat. You're crazy. And I think that is a reference to the area codes of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, if I'm reading that right. Because 817 is where I was like the west side of Dallas-Fort Worth, which is the Fort Worth side. And then 972 and 469 is the Dallas side. So I think he's saying the Fort Worth side is better than the Dallas side. Well, I live on I live on the other side, so... I have to disagree just because I don't live over I there. I think I'm going to agree with Chris with my very limited knowledge. I'm going to say, yeah, 817, probably better. Because they don't have E on that side. That's fair. Yeah. If I'm not over yeah. there, it's better. So. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, on that bombshell, this episode number 262, I think, for August 24th is a fun one. Thank you, chat. You guys have been a blast. Travis, as always, thank you for hopefully opening some people's minds to how the future of destiny can be. And as always, it has been the last, last word. word.